Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Night King's going to do that thing where he raises his arms and all the dead come back to life. Oh, boy. Yeah, and Tyrion and a bunch of people are down in the crypts, so, you know, it gets scary. So they're fighting a guy that can raise the dead and they go hide in the crypts? I thought Tyrion was the smart one. He used to be, but now I need things to happen really fast, so that's all over. Oh, okay. And so then Jon screams at a dragon for some reason. That's that's cool, I guess. Maybe. And then Arya sneaks up on the Night King and stabs him, and, you know, that's the end of winter. Oh, it's over? Yep, all done, so moving on. Wait, 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 that's just it? Yeah, that's it, so anyway. But we've been building towards this for eight seasons. It's just done with a quick stab? It is, yeah. So what was with the Night King's connection to Bran, or that weird symbol that kept popping up, or the fact that the White Walkers... Can... Listen, sir, I'm gonna need you to get all the way off my back about winter, okay? It's over, we gotta move on. Oh, I just feel a little empty inside. It feels like this could have been fleshed out. Well, there's no time. There's only a couple of episodes left. You can have more episodes if you want. I just don't see any other way other than rushing it. You could do it in more episodes. Ah, uh, damn this short final season. Ah. Oh. Okay. Look, it's dearly debated. That's a new, you add the Y in there. Why? I think I still got some, uh, sorry. Uh, I love recipes, Randy Savage. Welcome to Dearly Debated, the show where you're entitled to your opinion, even if it's wrong. Uh, I feel like we're going to get into just a little more uh, controversial territory with this one. Um, so today we're talking about shows that and, and movies that ended in a way that made you rage. So um, not necessarily shows that were bad and ended poorly. So like you're like, well, that was a bad show mm -hmm. and the ending was also bad. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, oh man, the show was so good. And then the uh, fist came out of the television screen and just punched you in the, in the gut. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm never watching that show again. So. so it hurts more when it's actually a good show. Yes, exactly. Yeah. These are the ones that actually, like, these are the painful ones. Where right. you were like, wow, why would you do that? <laughs> why? <laughs> yeah, I, just, I can't believe you've done this. How did this happen? Uh, so I'll, I'll start with one. Just give you an example of, of what I'm talking about. Who um, are we? Who are we? You're right. Who um, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I am Nathaniel. I can't believe you've done this. Levinson. <laughs> with me. Oh man, I don't have a creative middle name. I am Robert Gregory Prince. <laughs> I don't know, I gotta say say your name again. I am you are I am Greg Prince. <laughs> and Ashley. I am at Thomas. No, sorry. Go ahead. Oh dear. Um, I am Ashley. The things I watched for love, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I figured we'll start with um, just one that that's really easy to explain uh, for me. That that I was like, I watched this whole movie, and then the ending was like, okay, so you just wasted two and a half hours of my life. And that was uh, The International with Clive Owen. I almost said Clive Barker, and I almost said Clive Barker Owen, but neither of those are right. It's Clive Owen. <laughs> Clive Owen. Who is like the poor man's Jason Statham. 
Um, I think it's rude to say, but I don't think I'm far off there. Or I guess the poor man's Daniel Craig, maybe. Yeah, Jason Statham's a little, he's, he's a little more... He, he goes for the martial artsy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, Statham goes for the goofier stuff. But the international, basically, Clive Owen is is a he's a spy, or he gets caught up in a in a whole spy thing where this group of banks is doing something nefarious. Maybe he's a reporter. I'm a little fuzzy on exactly who Clive Owen was in the movie, other than the fact that he was a badass, right? And it was you know the badass action movie. He he ends up fighting this organization, and he ends up basically beating them and, and finding this information that's, that's supposed to take them under. And at the very end of the movie, um, it cuts away from Clive Owen having done what he was supposed to be doing, and it cuts away to the people who work at, in the organization just carrying on um, as if nothing happened. And the, the point being like, well, he did all this stuff to stop this organization, and the organization is so big that literally it did not matter. And I was like, okay, so why did I watch that movie? Why did I watch Clive Owen get in this fight and do this when it was literally all pointless, which I think was the point they were trying to make, but like it was stupid. <laughs> like, okay, I recognize that. Yeah, okay. Uh, let's go the the uh, financial crisis two thousand eight. Right, the banks did a bunch of bad stuff, and then they got golden parachutes. Like, yeah, that sucks in real life. So why do you why haven't that happened in my movie? Because right, you made me sit through two and a half hours of Clive Owen trying to get justice, and then it just meaning literally nothing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and then it rolls credits. And you're like, <laughs> okay, well, I'm never watching that movie again. So, and I feel like a lot of the endings that are kind of like gut punches where the bad guy wins feel like that, where you're just like, really? Well, come on. I just wasted my time. (laughs) Um, There are a couple exceptions, but I I feel like in a large part, the movies that just have those gut punch endings, some people like them. I'm just like, okay, you just wasted my life. Well, I I think also, like you said, you gave an example of a real life situation. And I think when movies attempt to be a little more realistic with their endings, you get one crowd that's going, oh, like, like there's so much more I can relate to that. It's, and then you have the other crowd going, but I'm watching a movie. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you're watching it for the fantastical ending. Like, that's why, that's why we went through all, like, the suffering of, like, imagine if you watch Shawshank Redemption. The movie is just painful and kind of hard and it's heavy to watch and then at the end the guy just dies it'd be like no no no, no this, <laughs> that this, is, this is what it'd be like it'd be like he crawls out of the pipe to freedom and they're just waiting for him to throw him back in jail <laughs> <laughs> and they're like it's realistic but nobody would want to watch that movie anymore <laughs> right. no, I actually agree uh, one of the movies that I it's funny I mentioned this when we were talking about it before it's it's not necessarily a movie I don't hate this movie at all I think it's an amazing movie um, The Departed I think it's a fantastic movie. I even think the ending gives a little something, but it's but it's one of those. At the end, when I watched the ending originally, it made me extremely mad. Like you could say that I was close to raging, where I was like, okay, because you're watching Leonardo DiCaprio. Spoilers ahead for Departed, which has a lot of. Oh yeah, this is this this is going to be a spoiler heavy discussion. We're talking about talking about the endings. Um, So just heads up, skip past this if you don't want to hear the end of the Departed. But Leonardo DiCaprio is undercover in like. Uh, you know, one of the mob families in New York, and there is a cop that's undercover for the mob in the the LAP or in the police department. And so it's about the two of them kind of trying to be rats but not get caught. And Leonardo DiCaprio is just getting the crap beaten out of him constantly. He's just he's going through mental stuff because he's having to watch all this brutality, and he's going to see therapists, and he's you know getting hooked on pills, and he's and he just wants out every two seconds. But the cops that put him there are like, no, we got to keep you in for your safety. He's freaking out. He thinks he's going to die at every turn. And finally, at the end, this one cop that's secretly a rat who's just getting, getting all these promotions, gets the girl, gets the nice house, gets all this praise, 
Finally, Leonardo DiCaprio catches him, and he gets the evidence, and he's got him. He's, he's gonna take him in, and then he gets down, like they're taking him through an elevator, and the elevator door opens, and then, bam, Leonardo DiCaprio is shot in the head. He's dead. Why? <laughs> and, and, and it's like, that's And ultimately, if you watch to the end, Mark Wahlberg comes out of nowhere in like a, you know, like, in like a shower cap, and then kills, you know, the, the bad guy at the very end. That's the ending scene as he shoots him and then walks out, which is great. It's a phenomenal last scene. But the fact that you were just like Leonardo DiCaprio's character is like so sympathized with, and that's just it. He just he just went through all this suffering, and ultimately he did bring somebody to justice, but he didn't get to see if he died. And and so it makes you so mad. You're just like every time you watch it, you're like, oh, just miss, just miss with that one bullet, and you can get you're so close, you're so, and then bam, he dies, and you're like, oh. and, you're like and what kind of watch? <laughs> and so that's definitely one of those endings that every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, please turn out differently somehow. Somehow, yes. <laughs> and it never happens. Let this be one of those two short adventures. <laughs> but it's funny. It didn't make me hate the movie, but it definitely made me rage. I was like, oh, come on. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, there were there were a couple shows that had similar things where the bad guys getting away with stuff, but then it always would eventually correct itself. Like I mentioned, um, I talked about one uh, twenty four. Where the the president's wife, um, David Hader, I think the Allstate guy. I, mean, I, I don't think it's David Hader. I think I said that last time too. Anyways, the guy, who, the Allstate guy, who's in it is um, Ash is looking it up for me. Yeah, he's the president, and his wife is just like the worst person. She's just manipulative and conniving and in it for power, and she's constantly undercutting him and backstabbing him. And you're like, oh my gosh, someone please hit this woman. And then finally, after like two seasons of painful, her getting away with everything and getting away with everything, they finally catch her and she gets her comeuppance. She doesn't get killed, which like was, mm-hmm. was good. I didn't want her to die. I just wanted her to, you know, suffer consequences for all the horrible things she had been doing. Mm-hmm. And she finally does. And and uh, Allstate president is like, to her face is like, you're a terrible person. Whoopa. And you just, I, just, I literally stood up, me and my roommate, we were watching at the time, we literally stood up and we're like, yeah! The guy that says it's where all states stands. Yeah. That guy? Yeah. Uh, that is Dennis Haysburg. Dennis Haysburg. There mm-hmm. we go. He was in um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine as well. He made a cameo in Brooklyn yeah. Nine-Nine as, as Holtz, one of Holtz's old partners. Mm-hmm. And is like exactly the same person as Holt, but is also dirty. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Great voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all states stand. That's all states stand. <laughs> yeah, absolutely great voice. Yeah. But 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 in those you actually get to, you get the comeuppance. But in the international, it's like all of that, and then mm-hmm. they don't. And it's just like, but no, it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And that's what like that's what I think <coughs> movies try to do that lots of times, and it's just it's just too painful, man. Like yeah, like, like there's a movie where I, I wasn't gonna mention it because I, I'm not a huge fan of the movie. Period. It's Gone Girl, and we've talked about this right. a little bit. Where it's like the whole movie itself just wasn't all that exciting to me, but it's about this woman who frames her husband and runs away and everybody's like okay she's gonna get caught she's gonna get caught you're watching the movie waiting for this to happen and at the end she goes even more extreme and frames somebody else for like holding her hostage and then kills him and then comes back and then everybody praises her as like this really heroic woman and then she comes back and like gets with her husband and he's and he's like terrified the ending scene is like is her like telling him because she's like oh we can only talk in the shower because like that way I know you don't have any recorders or anything 
and then she's just like oh by the way like if you ever do anything again i don't know and it just and that's how the movie ends and it's like ah it's just terrible like yeah. and I, I wouldn't necessarily say a rage just because that whole movie was just kind of a drag but i was i was definitely like why why like this is too gritty who who enjoys this who enjoys the injustice of this movie? So yeah. I don't know. I saw a meme once that said um, the uh, good for you or, or good for her cinematic universe. And uh, that was one of the movies in the meme. Oh, no. Uh, Gone Girl? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've never seen Gone Girl based on what oh. you guys have mentioned about that and uh, what Ryan told me. Because he Ryan watched it and he's like, you're not going to enjoy it. So it's rough. He's like, it's a great thriller, but um, you you will be very dissatisfied with the ending. It's like, <laughs> and and uh, based on what I know of the content, it's like that will probably not be something that is good for me to watch. It's yeah. not going to be good for my mental health. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. it, it was definitely disturbing in the sense that mm-hmm. you know what? Every time you're left with one of those movies where you're like, oh, people could be lying to me, and like I could be deceived that easily, make you just worried and sad, and you go to sleep with a weird feeling in your stomach, and that was. Mm-hmm one of the biggest because i was just like ah really like she just owned everybody and she killed all those innocent people like and uh. (laughs) (laughs) there there were definitely some um interesting uh thinking about that meme (laughs) there are definitely some interesting uh image uh, like she just film choices in that you can't keep getting away with this is it this movie (laughs) um you know a, a weird a weird movie. You guys have probably not seen it. I was thinking about bad endings, the endings that I didn't like. Have you guys ever heard of the movie uh, Meet Joe Black? I've uh, heard of it. Yes. You guys know like the premise? I, I feel like I used I, to know what the premise was. Yeah. Okay, one, it's super long and it's not that great, so I feel like I can explain <laughs> it to you and it's not going to break your heart. I watched it in college and I was like, the only thing I remember is like the actress in it is gorgeous. And I don't even think she plays in a whole lot of other movies, but she was just like super pretty. I'm like, man... Brad Pitt is this dude who meets this girl. Joe Black? Yes. Well, yeah, he's... I think he... Is that his name the whole time? Maybe it's his name the whole time, but... Yeah, he meets this girl at a coffee shop, walks away, and boom, gets hit by a car. It's pretty hilarious. Like, you watch it the first time, and you just start laughing, because it comes out of nowhere, and he just gets hit by a car, and it's, like, kind of silly animation, and he flies over and, like, into a wall. Anyways, he's dead. He dies. Bummer. She doesn't see it. She walks around the corner. <laughs> and then this guy, Joe Black... Brad Pitt shows up at her father's house, who's played by, um, oh, who's the guy that plays Hannibal Lecter? Uh, uh, Anthony, Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins. There yes. we go. So Anthony Hopkins, her father, is getting older. I think I think it's his birthday. There's like a big party at the end. I think it's like his ninety, very old birthday or some promotion at work. I don't know what it is, but basically Joe Black comes back and embodies Brad Pitt's body and is death, and he comes to collect. You know Anthony Hopkins, and he I guess beckons with them and says, "Hey, can you wait until this party or something or whatever?" And so Death is actually enjoying being on Earth as Brad Pitt. And this well, I mean, yeah, he gets to be Brad Pitt. I, I know. Well, I know. And then this girl, you know, he's like real curious and just kind of coy and like really funny and goofy and charming, just because he's never seen anything and everything's really exciting for him. And so it's kind of a funny little deal. And him and her get along, and then they end up falling in love. And, you know, making love a bunch of times. And then at the end, she figures it out, I guess. And he's like, oh, actually, like, I'm death and I'm here to take your dad. And so he takes his dad and then leaves Brad Pitt. And she's like, oh, thanks, death. And then her and Brad Pitt walk off at the end. (laughs) 
And I'm like, I'm like, wait, you fell in love with another being that just happened to be in Brad Pitt's body. You've not even met, like, again, it's Brad Pitt. That's my point. Is like the moral of the story: whoever's in Brad Pitt's body, you're gonna fall in love because she meets this guy and just gives him her number, and they're like, they talk for like two seconds at a coffee shop, and that's it. That's the, that's the extent that she knows wow. this person, and then the entire movie she's getting to know death that's just inhabiting his body. But then once death leaves and leaves his body behind, and, and like the person that got hit by the car, like gives basically gives him his life back, because like he's like, okay, I'll take your father, but I'll leave you this guy, and she's like, oh, thank you, and it's like, but that's not him. You didn't fall in love with that guy. You don't even know him. He like pops back. He's like, I don't know how I'm here, and she's like, well, we've got time, and like smiles and hugs. I'm like, this is weird. Like it just didn't seem right. I'm like, does nobody realize like, that that wasn't actually Brad Pitt? I mean, am I taking crazy pills? <laughs> Brad Pitt. <laughs> I mean, it was just so bizarre because I think if you weren't like really focusing hard, you're probably just sitting there nodding your head at the end of the movie too, like, all right, they're together. And you're like, wait, what? they don't even know each other. And they'll, she's like all ready to fall in love with them again. And I'm like, you don't even know this guy. He just happens to be inhabiting the body of the last guy you love. Like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Uh, I just thought, I was like, they were going for something really special as an ending, like, Death gave her a gift and gave him this guy back. And I I'm mean, like, if Death was like, here's Brad Pitt, I'd be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Death. Okay, I mean, we don't get to hang out anymore, but, uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, Thanks for leaving your yeah. shell behind. Yeah. Also, good shell to pick. Yeah, uh, say, you know, if you're gonna pick one. <laughs> gonna get, uh, it's not Chris a bad Humber one. Next time. All right. oh, yeah. So... So uh, I I went back and found that the good for her cinematic universe and it's got a movie on here that um, should be on my list for endings that made me so mad I wanted to like throw stuff at the screen but just just so you all know what's in the good for her cinematic universe is The Witch, Midsummer, Us, uh, The Invisible Man, uh, the new one with uh, Elizabeth. Moss. I did hear that was really good. It is banging. It's awesome. Knives Out, Gone Girl. Ready or not, and the 2018 Suspiria. That's like, the one that makes me want to throw stuff. <laughs> I feel like all of these are like, why? Why is it good for her? These are all horrible movies. It's like bad for everyone. Uh, actually, I, I, I'm sorry. Have y'all not seen y'all? I know y'all have seen no, Knives no, Out. Not bad movies, but, with the exception of Knives Out. But all these like horror movies where it's bad for everyone. Well, but the girl comes out on top and, yes, and, but, but and there are other movies that, where that happens that aren't horror movies. I know, <laughs> I know. I just, I found it amusing. Yeah, but uh, the one I, I'd like to uh, touch on if, if you are ready to move on mm-hmm. meet Joe, yeah, yeah, from yeah, yeah. Meet Joe no, Black. No, no. <laughs> it's just a segue. Go uh, for it. Um, um, thanks for Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, would be the 2018 Suspiria. So, you know, I love horror movies. Now, have re- you watched the, the original? Yes. And I adore the original. And I am a fan of adaptation. I think adaptation is interesting. I have no problems. Like there are no, there are almost no sacred cows to me. Um, so it doesn't bother me when things get remade or rebooted or anything like that. On paper, I should adore everything about this movie. It's a reboot of one of, the, in my opinion, one of the best horror films ever made. Uh, two, it's got Tilda Swinton in it, who I adore. Um, and she's playing three completely different roles, um, one of which is an old man. So I'm just like, what is this? This is so cool. And and it's got a really cool score by uh, Tom York of um, 
Radiohead. Um, so I'm like, there, there should be so many things that I'm going to really love about this movie. And so I go to watch it. And, you know, I had I ended up with a free movie ticket from doing some sort of promotion. And I was like, man, I don't know, like, if I should be mad that I wasted my free movie ticket on this movie that I'm so now so angry about. <laughs> or, um, or I should be glad that I didn't pay actual money for this movie. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, spoilers for the original Suspiria, uh, the original Suspiria is, uh, 1978, 79, um, Italian horror film by Dario Argento. Really beautiful cinematography, um, interesting use of, like, color, um, Doesn't it have that crazy score from that, that, um, Goblin, yes, yes, uh, I don't know if y'all, if y'all got to that on my, uh, Halloween playlist for the Halloween party, but, um, I put the, uh, the theme from Suspiria on there. The music is amazing. It's really cool if you get to see it in the theater because um, all the sounds come through different channels, so it's really disorienting. I've seen the the thing where like, she like falls through the stained glass. Yeah. and it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, great, great film. So this remake of Suspiria is by Luca. Can't say his last name because it's really <laughs> oh, long Luca. and in Italian. Oh, Luca! Uh, so I, I apologize for being a dumb try. American. I'm going to keep talking. Yeah. Stars uh, Dakota Fanning, or not Dakota Fanning, I'm sorry, Dakota Johnson. Most people, I guess, know her for um, Fifty Shades of Grey. This uh. this is what, uh, I've seen her in something else, but it wasn't that. Um, anyway, she was she was pretty good in the film. It had the original Suspiria's star, uh, Jessica Harper, making a, um, a cameo appearance in the film. Tilda Swinton playing three different roles. This movie was about an hour longer than the original, and they added a different, like, like a kind of a side story with one of Tilda Swinton's characters, um, the uh, old man psychologist. And yeah, who, uh, those are those are sounds that I wanted to make. <laughs> Thanks, Abby. Uh, <laughs> the <laughs> the side story added absolutely nothing to the film except for an hour. The cinematography was not there. They didn't even, like, do... Uh, like, I would think something... And, and to be fair, I read afterwards, Luca... Can't say his last name. Guadagnino. Yeah, that guy. Um, he, uh, he wanted to kind of do his own thing. Like, kind of take the idea of the film and do his thing. And that's fair. But the stuff that he changed and added to the story did absolutely nothing for the film. And then you get to the end, which, spoilers... At the end of the original Suspiria, Jessica Harper's character, you know, kills the head witch, uh, Helena Marcos, and escapes. And so, you know, it's not like a super happy ending, but she escapes with her life, and that's that's really cool, and that's amazing. You know, good for her. We get to the end, and Dakota Johnson's character, same character, turns out she's the head witch! <laughs> and she kills everyone in, like, this satanic, like, blood explosion sex dance and oh, oh uh, was was this is this what inspired Blood Machines? <laughs> <laughs> don't know. Haven't seen Blood Machines. It was terrible. Don't watch it. Um, yeah. Well, so was this. Don't watch it. <laughs> um, like what drove me nuts? Like and and so I I actually did go back and watch the film a second time because uh, my my friend Jasmine, who's also a staff writer at Fangirlish, she loves the new Suspiria and hates the old one, and I love the old one and hate the new one. So we wrote an article together called "The Tale of Two Suspirias." So I, when I went back and watched it again, I could see some little tells that where you could see, oh, she's actually going to turn. But what drove me mad is I don't like being baited and switched 
and made to root for the bad guy. Mm. That's what made me mad. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm lawful good. I, as much as I love horror movies, I'm lawful good. I want the good guys to win. And I, I just hated the bait and switch to that. And I hated that on paper, I should love everything about this movie because it's an adaptation. It's got Tilda Swinton in three different roles. There's no reason I shouldn't love it. And and yet, by the end, I'm just like, Ugh. the only thing I like about this movie is the score. And even the score isn't even like remotely comparable to the Goblin score in the original, which I think is, while the Tom York score is very cool on its own, it doesn't hold a candle to, to Goblin. So anyway, that's that's my, my rant about Suspiria 2018. Don't watch it. I have to agree with you, though, on the whole like feeling like like you're voting for for the bad guy at the end of the movie is right. such a it's such a cop out I think by the writers to to do like because the bait and switch or or the twist or whatever you want to call it and like it, it's only me and Nathaniel were just talking about this yesterday like big twists in movies are done well if you've been given enough to to understand what what the twist is going to be but maybe it still got you and you can watch it again and go oh man all of these things were right in front of my face and I missed it but the movies like that to where it's like. Even if it was looking really hard, how was I supposed to know? Like, I've been rooting for this person the whole time, and right. then now all of a sudden, like, they're terrible. Like, why'd you do that to me? <laughs> like, right. it just makes me angry now. <laughs> right. No, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, so, so, yeah, that, that is my, my beef with the 2018 Suspiria. Please uh, tell me how to say Luca's last name again without your faux it's Italian accent. <laughs> Guad, it's Guadagnino. 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 Uh, Mr. Luca, I do apologize if we have butchered your last name. You got to do this, and then it flows naturally. Luca Guadagnino. Uh, no, that's still not going to jive for me. <laughs> uh, but he, he's also the guy that directed uh, Call Me By Your Name, which won uh, Academy Award. Oh, was that the one ago. you were talking about with the peach? Oh, yeah. That you really like, didn't like? Li- yeah. <laughs> it is and based a, a, interesting I, movie. Yeah, like, I, I, from what I know about that film, it's probably not going to be one I'm going to enjoy either. Uh, mostly be- because it ends, sadly. I do really enjoy Timothy Chalamet, um, who's the lead. Oh yeah, that. excellent. And, and Army Hammer is an awesome mm-hmm. actor too. It's just an interesting storyline. It's pretty much about like an older man who seduces a younger boy. Ooh. Yeah, which is like on its face already something that I'm like not entirely interested. Right. They're like, look, we can make this beautiful. I'm like, I don't necessarily know if I want to make that beautiful. And it's you're, you're going after somebody underage. Yeah, it's not appropriate. Like, and then there's like a pretty famous scene where like he has sex with Peach. I don't oh. know if modern day texting has encouraged this with the use of the sexy peach emoji, but um, I mean, I can't say that I knew that about the film, and now I know I will never watch yes. it. So. There is a very intimate t- scene between this young boy and the peach, and Gross. it is wow. Like I, yeah, let's not get off on a rant, but yeah, that was a that was a little too much of a movie for me in every way. Oh, yeah. That a movie can be too much. Wow. Movies with a bad ending. Movies with a bad ending. Okay, uh, so or TV shows. Okay, so I got two. I get two that I can go through real quick. Uh, one, one that. The, um, and this is more of a uh, when you adapt a when you adapt a different material into a movie, and you change the ending, it needs to be because the original ending was unfilmable. That's the only real excuse. Or because if the original ending was bad, then you could change it. So let me give an example: Fight Club, and the book is much better in my mind mm-hmm. because it's left ambiguous whether Tyler Durden is actually gone. Whereas in the movie, it's kind of a happy ending. Mm-hmm. That's one where I think the happy ending was a little bit of a cop-out. I don't think it's bad, mm-hmm. but I think I actually preferred the book ending where it was kind of ambiguous. Which usually I don't like that, but it's it's written well enough that I actually I actually enjoyed the book ending more. But so, <laughs> we'll have to do a Harry Potter. Especially now that Brenna's wa- uh, read, read all of it. Yeah. And he's totally invested. Uh, we'll have to do a Harry Potter. I, don't, I need to go back and rewatch the movies and reread the books. Yeah, so it's been um, a while since I've watched all the movies. Yeah. So. But, the movies are... I watched them recently but with my so, niece. She'd never seen them. But so... And, and I think the, I think the, so the seventh... 
the the seventh and eighth movies, which is the seventh book, I think were great. I think they were really good. Um, there is one thing they changed about the ending, mm-hmm. which I thought was dumb and and um, removed a lot of the emotional stakes of the book ending, which is the Elder Wand. Yep. The Elder Wand is this wand that's like cursed and passed mm-hmm. down through generations. And Harry is like, the power of the Elder Wand is because people believe that it has this mystical power and so they're always going to fight for it. And so if you kill the original owner, then the wand becomes yours. So if I die of natural causes then it it dispels the curse of the wand. So what he does is he buries it in Dumbledore's grave and says, when I die, it'll remove the... the it'll mm-hmm. it is Basically, I'm breaking the chain of the Elder Wand forever. Mm-hmm. And it's like this really powerful moment where it's like, I could continue to use it, but I'm going to use my... He uses it to repair his old wand, right. his original wand, and then buries it with Dumbledore's grave. It's like a really good moment. In the movie, he's just like... <gasps> this thing just throws it off, yeah. snaps it, throws I'm it off, a, and I'm breaks like, it. The hell? Throw it in the river. No, <laughs> like, I was so what? mad. Oh my god! Uh, Especially because they had the scene with Dumbledore's grave where they like lowered him into the ground. Like you could have done it there. Why did you change that? It added nothing, and in fact, it removed. It removed right. like a, a, a like a moment of Harry showing how he's matured. Yeah. Overall, like I feel so like mad. the films but, are, yeah. are are good adaptations. Yeah. But yes, that that irked part me. made me mad. I, I think the other thing that irked me about the the final film is that you <laughs> Neville was too hot. I couldn't take it. And, uh, no, that that did not bother me at <laughs> all. <laughs> I was distracted. <laughs> no, um, what what really irked me was um, that you the whole point of Harry gathering the Hallows is that he becomes master of death. Right, and. You you basically show Harry defeating Voldemort by pointing his wand really hard at him. Right. Um. And it it you don't get the final speech of Harry saying you don't understand why n- none of your curses are binding and why I can defeat you. You know, it's it's not that Harry's going to you know say Avada Kedavra and kill him. He's he says Expelliarmus, and yeah. that you know Harry's all about instead of attack, he's all about defense. Um, and, and again, that is how he becomes the master of death, is that he gains mastery over all the Hallows, but d- is not ruled by them. There are lots of other things that we could go into with with that. I wrote my undergrad thesis on Christian symbols in Harry Potter, and that was before the last book came out. So this is, uh, to And then me, Voldemort's just well, like... Right. <laughs> <laughs> so so for me, like, that, that to me d- diluted... The, the idea that Harry is a Christ figure with right. the films because, you know, Christ is, um, you know, becomes master over death. It was not just that he died, it was that he rose again and became master over death. And that's what Harry does, you know, he dies and has, you know, a resurrection. And, and you know, through that act, bec- and because he gave himself for his people, that allowed him to become master over death. We still need to have the big discussion on, okay... So the reason Harry, the, that Avada Kedavra reflected, was because Lily sacrificed herself. It was an yes. act of pure love. Mm-hmm. And what you're telling me is no one has ever done that before <laughs> the history of the Wizarding well, World. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, it's been done before. How else would she have known to do it? Um, well, no, she did it. She did it like a desperation. Well, yeah. Isn't again been shot with the Avada Kedavra? Maybe. Yeah. Well, and oh, also, I think it's, it's it's different Man. because <laughs> it's also different Man. because um, Voldemort was trying to create a a, horco- a Horcrux because wow. yeah, and so because Lily got in his way, that cre- it, it uh, made Harry the accidental Horcrux. Right. Right. I know. I recognize that. Like that's why he 
became a Horcrux, mm -hmm. and that's why it was connecting with it. But the reason it didn't kill him was because of Lily's yes. love. Yes. <laughs> Which Dumbledore's like, it's love, and like, okay, why doesn't everyone just use love? Love's apparently <laughs> really good spell juju. Uh, it's like... really good spell juju, but it's very costly. <laughs> I'm yeah. just saying, like, we should see, we should have seen a lot more heart-shaped spells, like, just mm -hmm. obliterating Dementors. I'm sorry, um, are you wanting, like, spells that come out, like, in the shape of, like, Care Bear Stare? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. I want that. I want people, like, throwing little bombs that have the little, like, the, the Valentine's chalk candy. Like, uh, you're, you're mine, <laughs> don't they have spells like that? They're, 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 they're all love potions. Yeah, the love potions. And Mortensia, but uh, that's uh, it's different. So let's anyway. go into TV so let's go shows. into TV shows. Okay. TV so shows. Oh, sorry, I had one more movie. Okay, go for it. Um, I, I had a couple yeah, movies on my I, list. I, I didn't. I didn't mean like permanently. I just meant like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Rotate TV shows. Okay, I'll come back to that one then. But it's in the same main. Okay, so TV shows, and I'm gonna. I'll say a different one because I know you're gonna want that one. Battlestar Galactica. And I think you might disagree with me on this. I like the ending. Okay. So, and it's not until the very, 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 very ending of Battlestar Galactica. It's a huge spoiler here. Right. They're doing this whole thing with the Cylons. And then it turns out that they're like, what, six or eight human-looking Cylons. Yeah. And uh, that they're all embedded in Galactica. They happen to all be battled, embedded on Galactica. They're all within the, the troop. Right. But they end up basically coming to a peace agreement. Mm -hmm. And they when they find Earth... And they're like, well, we're just going to settle here, and we're going to stop fighting, uh, and we're going to give up our technology and whatever. And they go down to Earth, and one of the Silence had had a baby. So there's like a half-Silent baby. And they go down to Earth, and they see they see the, the ancient tribes of Earth, and they're like, we're going to intermingle with them. And then like fast-forwards to the present day, and there's like Angel Caprica, an Angel British Cylon guy, and they're just like reading the. They pull up some newspaper headline about AI, Gaius and they're like, Baltar? "Yeah, Gaius." Mm -hmm. uh, and they pull up some headline, and they're like, "It's starting again. Humanity better be careful." And it turns out that oh, you know, the half silent baby was mitochondrial Eve, and oh, humanity's heading towards the same thing. And I'm like, "Why didn't you just end 20 minutes earlier when you're like, and we're gonna start a new life on Earth? The end. I would have been fine with that. It's a little sappy. Mm -hmm. I would have been fine with that. But then they tried to tie it to this like, oh, shaking fist, like a Captain Planet." message about like oh <laughs> you, humanity better watch out and look it's tied to real life now and oh it was really in the past and i was like this came uh, literally came out of nowhere means absolutely nothing and was really stupid i hated it i thought it was so dumb i, I thought it was so dumb and, and i wouldn't say that i loved it per se but i didn't really have a problem with it I think my biggest thing was, who the hell was Starbuck? <laughs> Starbuck's my favorite That's true. character. That's true. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I, there's so many things I, I, I adore about her. And, and like, so I'm such a completionist. Before I watched the, you know, the 2004 Battlestar Galactica, I went back and watched the 1970s Battlestar Galactica because Ashley can't handle it. <laughs> um, and so that was one of the things I was like, Whoa, 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 this chick looks nothing like Dirk Benedict. Come on. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, she, she ended up being my favorite character uh, through the whole thing. So I, my my thing was, like, I I don't understand, like, what they were trying to accomplish with her and um, what they were trying to do there. So that, that was, like, my real beef with the ending. Um... And I, I've only watched Battlestar Galactica once, so I, I'm willing to go back and revisit it and see if I feel differently. Um, but yeah, I, I did get mi a little mixed up with like the timeline and stuff with what they were trying to do with that, um, yeah, the, the whole it's starting again. So. 
I mean, it, it kind of feels like the whole, um, like the ending of um, Planet of the Apes, where it's like, and they were on Earth the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it didn't make, like, it, it was it was just stupid. Mm-hmm. It was like, this whole Battlestar Galactic took the past in the past, and we're actually all part Cylon. Like, it literally means nothing. Like, it's so stupid. And these you never explain why you have Angel Caprica and Angel Gaius. Yeah. Like, you never explain that. They're just there. <laughs> and people see them occasionally in the show, but they're never explained. They're not Cylons. They're literally, as far as we can tell, they are just literally angels. And it's 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 just like, what the hell are you even doing? I, I, no, no, especially I don't feel like because that's an I really criticism. think it should have just ended with Adama burying what's her bucket on the hill. Excuse me, that is President Laura Rosin. President Laura Rosin, who was awesome. Oh my gosh. It's been a while since I watched it. Dude. Um, <laughs> that's my president. But it should have ended it should have ended with it should have ended with Edward James almost burying her. On the hill, and then it like panning up and showing people, you know, starting to rebuild and then going to credits. That's how it should have ended. And then they just tacked on. It really felt like an afterthought. This tacked on thing that like was like, oh, and here's the real meaning behind it all. And I'm like, that was so dumb. So that just like, I didn't think it, it didn't like ruin everything that came before it. It didn't like turn everything around. But it was just like, really. That was dumb. You, no, you you didn't plan that. Kind of like when authors will, like, years later come out with a relationship, like, yeah, I was planning that the whole time. Like, no, you were not. <laughs> You're wrong. You were not planning that. Don't even try. You're lying. But yeah, Battlestar Galactica, I thought the ending was, they should cut one episode sooner. You need to watch Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. It's good. It's really yeah. good. You you would really enjoy it, Greg. Yeah, I thought it was, it, 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 and that's, I think that's what made it so, such a bummer for me, is that it crescendos, 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 and then just like, poof, like total boring eyes glazing over ending and I was like okay I guess it's done what do I do now so it yeah. went out with a whimper when it should have gone out with a bang oh man alright so I know this one you'll at least join in on I'm not sure how much you have watched this show but How I Met Your Mother mm-hmm. I have watched all of them oh and you liked the ending right I, it's impossible I did not have a problem with okay, the ending okay. let's put it that way wait a minute I also did not have, like, a super... Like, I enjoyed How I Met Your Mother and thought it was really fun, but I was not super emotionally invested in it, like sure. I get with other TV shows. I can, I can definitely respect that. Like, so, for me, it was the opposite. Like, okay. How I Met Your Mother was, like, deeply emotionally invested by me and was one of my favorite shows. I think it still it still is, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, looking back at it, it's like, that was, that was, like, my show during the time. It was like, I watched it all the time. Love How I Met Your Mother. Still do. Can go back and watch random episodes. Love it. Characters are great. In my opinion, and again, spoilers ahead, the whole the whole qualm of the last season is that you use the whole entire last season to finally meet the kids' mothers. That's like the whole premise of the mm-hmm. show is that Ted is talking to his kids about how I met your mother. Mm-hmm. You finally meet the mother beginning of, of, of the last season, develop her character, you get to know her, and then it, pretty much the last episode, I believe, it's the last episode, you find out she was dying the whole time and now she is... She's dead. That is wildly. <laughs> I, that was not my response when she died. I was I was very sad. But then the kids turn and they're like, "Oh, we'll just go out with Aunt Robin." And then that's how the show ends. Robin divorces Barney. Barney gets a kid with somebody who leaves him, and then so, Ted in, in, in uh, his uh, Banktoberfest. Yeah. It, Why? 
<laughs> and then he marries, or I, I guess, the, I don't even know if you see them get married, but he gets with Robin. That's yeah. the whole deal. Now, which that frustrated me so much because I honestly thought the most boring character in that entire show is Ted Mosby. Yeah, well, yeah, certainly Ted is like, like Robin's a funny character. Robin's a great character. Uh, Barney's a great character. Barney's I an love, amazing I character. I love Lily and Marshall. Lily and Marshall's together, together thing is awesome. I do agree <laughs> that, like, Ted is funny sometimes. Yeah. Certainly. Um, for sure. The, but, whole, the whole show kind of wrapped together really well. Yeah. But my whole problem just from a writing standpoint, is just like, all right, regardless of what direction you enjoy, regardless of whether you were like, oh, I'm team, you know, Ted and Robin all the way, if you spent the entire last season developing Ted and Robin getting together as that being the big thing, and at the very end, Robin died and Ted got with the mother, I would also consider that to be a terrible ending. It wasn't necessarily for me what they decided to do is how they did it. Right. And it was like, I don't know if there's any way you can twist this to where that's not a cop-out. And being like, all right, well, let's just make a... And I, I, I haven't necessarily heard a whole lot of arguments to be like, oh, well, it made sense to where they would spend the whole last season. This is when you are... fit. Like They are like, this is the last season of How I Met Your Mother. We're developing this new character. You're starting to understand her. And at the very end, being like, nah, it was never about her. Let's get her off the screen. Now we're back to the original four. Well, and I was like, so, it just seems weird. I don't know. For, for me, yeah, like, right. so... To, I, I come at it with of two minds mm-hmm. um, because when I watched it, I was like, "Really?" I, I had that same reaction, like, mm-hmm. "Really, really?" And I kind of felt like um, Kristen uh, Milani, uh, the actress who played Tracy, the mm-hmm. mother. I kind of felt like she got the shaft. Like the whole function of her character was to produce children for Ted, <laughs> um, and she served no. Uh, like we got such a gloss mm-hmm. over their love story, and like, yeah, they uh, had this amazing love story, and. Everything was great. Which, by the way, if y'all haven't watched Pulp Springs on Hulu, she's in that and she's hilarious. Mm. Uh, Kristen uh, Bellotti. Uh, really, really fun, interesting twist on, like, kind of the Groundhog Day concept. Mm. Uh, Pulp Springs on Hulu. Um, recommend. Anyway, so so I, I felt bad for her because I felt like she's she just got such the shaft with that. A Hence friend, the kids. Yes. Uh, a friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty jokes with... Yeah. Dirty Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> nice. nice. Anyway. I, I, I shouldn't have done that. That's not the Jedi way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so I, I didn't like that about the story because I felt like, you know, her only function was to produce children. Right, right. And, and, and I didn't feel like that was fair to her character. At right. All. A buddy of mine pointed out, like, uh, talking about the ending, she's like, I don't love it, but also, like, isn't it life? Though life doesn't turn out the way you expect it, that's and, true. And you make the best of, of that circumstance. That's true. That's true. But here's the here's the problem with it in the in the context of the television show mm-hmm. is they build it up, they build it up, they build it up, and then it's just like okay, now she's dead. Yeah. And I, I honestly think it, it might have worked if it was like it, it, if they, if they had done sort of like um, what Scrubs did at the end, mm-hmm. where JD has like a montage of the future. Mm-hmm. If they had just done like a montage of the future, and then it cuts to the present where she and she has passed away, mm-hmm. and kind of fleshing that out a little more, kind of like uh, do, doing. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of the show. Um, I, maybe Parks. And, I, I think. Yeah, Parks and Rec did this, yeah. where it was showing the present and then cutting back to pastiches in, like, in the, as as it was like developing. Yeah. yeah, I think that would have worked better. But but the the thing that really got my goat was I totally shipped Barney and Robin, and the yeah. boss and Rachel dust were like, "Will they? Won't they? Will they? Won't they?" Well, and then they slowly and, grow and together, and then they're doing that... the wedding, yes. and then you're finally just like, "Yes, they're together." And then one season later, they're like, "Oh, by the way, they got divorced," and she ended up with Ted. And you're like, "No!" 
Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I, yes. That's I what, a, more than, more than the mother dying, which was, was obnoxious. But again, she wasn't there long enough for me to actually get attached to her. Yeah. But oh, Robin, who was a character I really loved, and Barney, who, Robin and Barney together were great. Right. And they built them, they spent so long building that relationship and building that mutual trust and then actually, you know, getting married. I, I just, yeah, I just feel like it's it's the classic, like, Holly, like Hollywood has trouble creating, like, meaningful relationship between guys and girls that doesn't turn sexual. Where it's like, well, it's yeah, like, oh, no, and, and it's definitely. like, and so you keep Ted and Robin as these, like, I liked them as friends. I thought they were awesome friends. Like, where, where mm-hmm. like, she was with Barney, she's much more like Barney. She's yeah, much more exactly. like, like, when, when, when you started to see that happen in the show... All of a sudden, everybody was like, oh, like this kind of ma-. when she was like, yeah, I'll smoke cigars with you. Yeah. I was like, oh, like this is going to be. Pr-. And then it does. It develops and it's really well done. And then Ted kind of eventually matures and it's like, hey, I can still love you well as a friend. And you're like, this is great, too. And yeah. then they're like, but no, because he loves her. And, and it was like, oh, men and women can't be friends. But I think I think one of the I one, disagree. Of, one of the things, <laughs> well, one of the things that I thought was. The show is called How I Met Your Mother. I thought it would have been appropriate to introduce the mother on a last episode and just be like, listen, we don't necessarily need to develop her character. Right. Nobody that's been watching is going to be able to, because you're right, I think, um, forget the actress name, but uh, she did kind of get shafted because you have a group of people that have been watch, watching seven, Say their name. Like, I think, I believe it's eight seasons of How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, it was nine, nine I think it was nine, nine seasons. Okay, so... You, you go through eight seasons developing the main characters, and we're expected to now feel the same way about a new character that they're trying to push for one season, and then and then she and then she dies. It just seemed confusing. It's like why would you? Be, in that case, why not just let the people that have been watching these eight seasons enjoy the same characters for the ninth season, and then introduce her at the end as saying, "And this is how I met your mother." Maybe you have one episode that's kind of like a romantic first date or a first meeting, and that's honestly. It's not about this is how I continued to fall in love with your mother. The show is just how I met your mother. Right. And that's kind of what I thought yeah. the show was building up to. Like, all of a sudden, it's going to be one episode where he maybe even just sees her and he doesn't talk to her yet. And he says, and that's when I met her. And that's going to be the end of the show. And it's like, that's perfectly fine. We don't need to introduce her. We've been developing all these other characters for so long. And that's why in my head, maybe it just caught me so off guard. I was like, there is no possible way it can be any of these characters. And that's kind of the beauty of the show is that you get to see all the different turns and twists he made, but ultimately he's going to end up with this other person. And they were like, and then that's how I met her. And let's have a full season with her. And then she died and I'm going to get with her. It was, it just seemed like, I don't know. Like, Bury your wives. It just seemed like. Hollywood it, trope. Wait it, a minute. <laughs> it, was, it was a hard one because it, it seemed like it, it changed everything Martin. about the whole series. And I was like, oh, that's such a bummer because you could still have shows with bad endings and enjoy kind of like the beginnings of the show. But when I go back and I watch it, I still kind of think now I'm like, the whole point of the show isn't about how I met your mother. Like, it's just about Robin the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's not real. She, she's introduced for one season, dies at the end. Who, who Honestly, who cares? Like, it is bad for her because she's kind of a, 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 an interesting kind of quirky character. You start to like her. But it like she's introduced for a season and so she's gone. Canadian, it's just oh, it's so silly. <laughs> Anyways, before, let's let's uh, somebody throw out another one before we just spend the rest of the show talking about how I met your mother. I'll, I'll throw let's it to Ashley. To Do you want to pull out the big one? Uh, well, 
Um, we'll save that one for last. Save that one for last. Uh, because that... I don't have a lot to say on it because I have not watched Right, and I don't recommend that you do. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if we want to shift back to shows I loved until the last episode, for me, that's going to be uh, Enterprise, Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And, I, and to be fair, I still really love Enterprise, but when I was watching it originally, I posted something that was like, I'm almost done with Star Trek Enterprise, I don't get the hate, and everybody's like, don't watch the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm all like, what? It can't possibly be that bad. Oh, it was. It was. So, um, spoiler alert for Star Trek Enterprise. The last, so so the next to last episode is a perfect series finale. You know, in our uh, shows that ended too soon episode, I talked a, a little bit about Enterprise, and uh, you know, part of the reason it got cut off early was. Um, because of issues at UPN. But the next to the last episode is a perfect series finale, even though like it, it was shorter than the other Star Trek series. Um, it, it still like would have been really great. In the last episode, they chose to have, and I, I kind of meant to go back and, and look over it again last night and I didn't get to, but the um, basically some sort of calamity happens on the Enterprise. Trip, who is the best character on that show, also most positive portrayal of a Southern person ever on TV, in my opinion. <laughs> um, Trip goes in. He's the only one that can fix it, and and he saves the day, and he gets killed. And everybody's all like, "What? This? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but uh, yeah, you can throw my." Uh, I mean, my, uh, I feel like it's like a serenity moment. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Um, and, and so, like, I'm just devastated. <laughs> they, Ryan and I are watching this this uh, this finale, and I'm just, like, ruined. <laughs> I'm just weeping and weeping and weeping. It's like, there was... It, the show was done! There was absolutely no... I knocked over my mic in my <laughs> getting rage. really... Uh... <laughs> uh, there was absolutely no point for them to do this. There they went, and they killed them. And Yo Maniacs! I should put that on the soundboard. Yo Bam! <laughs> but anyway, yes, uh, so Enterprise. Great. Just don't watch the last episode. The last episode. Trust me on this. And, and and it's presented as like a a Jonathan Frakes, you know, Commander Riker is walking everyone through like a museum of Starfleet history, and they're like, and here we have Charles Tucker the third, aka Trip. And blah blah blah, and they tell his story of how he's dead, and I'm like, so so upset. Yeah, Price. That's yeah. what I have to say about that. Don't watch yeah. the last episode. And 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 in retrospect, uh, people have said the showrunners have said, yeah, we really shouldn't have done that with the last episode. Well, like, yeah, no yeah, shots. Get it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I could have told you that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I've got uh, two movies uh, I want to talk about. That, I'm, that I can think of off the top of my head. I'm trying to think of other TV shows, um, but really, Battlestar Galactica, mo- most of the time, if I'm getting, most of the shows that have, like, really wretched endings, mm-hmm. I've stopped watching beforehand. Right. Which is why Battlestar Galactica was so frustrating to me, because it was just so, like, <clears throat> right at the end of what was a really, really good series. Mm-hmm. But going back to changing the ending, mm-hmm. Watchmen. Uh, mm. our, oh, I'm sorry. Just to be clear, Watchmen, the... The, the, the movie. The, the, movie. the, the movie. movie. I have not yes. watched the show. I've heard the show is excellent. The show is amazing. Yeah. The so show excellent, is absolutely excellent, amazing. Excellent. Uh, yes, Excellent graphic novel. Yeah. Really good. One of the only Zack Snyder movies I actually enjoy. Yeah, same. Listen, the movie's good. Right up until the end. Yep. And then, so, uh, spoiler alert. So here's what happens. 
So, uh, Ozymandias, so someone's killing off old supers, basically. It's kind of very Incredibles-esque, but much, 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 much darker. <laughs> where someone's killing <laughs> off old supers. Things, things that I never would have compared, but uh, go for but it. someone's <laughs> killing off old supers. And uh, Rorschach, who's the best character, he's basically Batman if Batman had no, was amoral. Yeah. Um, or was, was like, I will do anything necessary, including kill people, and didn't have as many gadgets. Justice. I'm not, you're not Sorry. stuck in here with me. Sorry. I'm stuck in here. No, wait, wait. I'm, I'm not, not stuck, stuck in here with you. you. You're stuck in here with me. Uh... Man, great. He's also played by like one of the least intimidating looking guys. Yeah, right. Just, like, yeah, pulls off his the mask. most intimidating voice <laughs> you've pull, ever they heard. Pull off his I'm mask. Sorry, I, you I laughed out loud. I mean, it's Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah. He looks, well, he actually looks no, like. No, he plays the character. Oh, he definitely. He and he looks, looks like Rorschach like does book. in the book. It was yeah. it's so good because he's like. What, what I meant by that comment was that he, he kind of he looks yeah he looks kind of short and he's this little, little ginger guy yeah. but when he talks yeah. they, you're like yeah. you're terrified they pull off, of how serious because like in prison they pull off his mask and you're like <clears throat> really that guy and then he kills everyone yes. <laughs> you're like oh yeah, yeah. yeah. he's he is a um, but anyway so end of the movie they find out that Ozymandias who is uh, basically like just a really smart guy smartest man in the world smartest man in the world has been orchestrating this and he's been planning this basically a simultaneous attack on every major nation in the world to uh, make it look like... Is he to okay, frame... Uh, yeah, to frame, frame... Well, okay, so in the in the comic book, he he's planning a an attack that's going to make it look like aliens are invading the Earth. And so it's going to force all the nations of the world to unite in peace. All the other superheroes find out about that, and they're like, you know what? This, this, this might work. And, uh... But, but Rorschach is like... He's getting out of power. And so he's 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 like I'm going to tell everyone. How can you do this? And Doctor Manhattan's like, no, if if you, get, you we have to do this because it's the only way we're actually going to get uh, peace. We're going to get peace. Mm-hmm. So he's like, don't try it. And then Rorschach is like, I'm going to do it anyways. And so uh, and so Doctor Manhattan splatters him, and he's like, oh dear, so uncivilized. Um, in the movie, the exact same thing happens. Rorschach is like, I'm not okay with this. You know, we have to we have to live our lives based on truth, and whatever the truth is, that's what I'm going to tell people. Like, you kill people, you're going to go. I'm I'm you're going to have to kill me to stop this. And Doctor Man is like, okay, and splatters him. But in the movie, he just like nukes a bunch of Ozymandias just nukes a bunch of cities, and then blames Doctor Manhattan. And everyone's like, of everyone's like, oh, it's Doctor Manhattan. And so Doctor Manhattan eats himself away to Mars, right. and is like, this is fine. And the reason it's stupid is because. And, and I, you know, the, the, I heard the argument like, oh, they changed it because it was harder to film. Okay. Yes. They, the but... thing is, the thing is, they set up the fact that Ozymandias had been doing genetic experiments with this little two-tailed tiger thing that he has. That is still in the movie. Why would you have that in the movie if you remove the thing that that thing was pointing to? Mm-hmm. So they still have the genetically modified tiger in the movie that's pointing to the fact that Ozymandias is doing these experiments. And that's why he made these alien monster things that he teleports into a bunch of cities and makes it look like aliens are attacking. Why could you not still do that? Because the 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 comic book ending, while it, it had this a similar feel, made a lot more sense because Doctor Manhattan is still sticking around and is like, I'm gonna help bring world peace, right? Whereas this one, he's like, uh, see ya, humanity, bye, and just eats himself to Mars. And it was so dumb. In the same reason the Harry Potter, like he changed it for no good reason and made it a worse ending. Well, and and I think some of that's probably due to the fact that the movie was like three hours long. Sure. And it would have been even longer. But I still think it was a dumb idea. Also, like in the comic, they tried the that uh the all the aliens attacking. They try to pin it on uh, Doctor Manhattan, 
So, I mean, I understand why they maybe did that, mm-hmm. but I still think it's a terrible idea. Yeah, it was, and it was I terrible. think you're, I could not agree with you more. And I didn't even think about like the whole setup with the two-tailed tiger, right? Because I've only seen the movie once, and yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, so so it was one where I was like, wow, they did a really good job adapting that novel in the ending. And I was like, I, I literally stood up and I was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> I mean, my friend were like, are you kidding me? Like, I had literally read the book. The graphic novel the night before seeing this movie, so it was like That's very fresh not in my a mind. Small book, very impressive. No, uh, it was like it was very fresh in my mind because um, we went on a Sunday, so I like all day re- Saturday I just read the graphic novel and I was like, sweet, let's go watch it. And so we went and watched it. and We're like, wow, this is almost exactly the same. The sex on the ship is a little weird, but yeah. you know what? We're gonna move past it. Everything's great. Rorschach is awesome. Doctor Manhattan, Blue Dong, notwithstanding, uh, <laughs> looks really great. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about it, the Blue Dong, it, like. It doesn't seem to be swaying with gravity. It's like going opposite gravity. Like it's not it, real. It is a magic yeah. dong. Yeah. So I was about to say, Doctor Manhattan. Doctor Manhattan could man. do whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the the part where he's he's like uh, he's he's yeah, he's like uh, having sex with his girlfriend, and like another hand appears. Oh, dude! And then it cuts to him like reading a book in the kitchen, and she's yeah. like, "Really? Like, I, yeah. What, what's the big deal? I don't get." It. I'm multitasking. Seems so unnecessary. <laughs> she's they, like, they were. it's like licking a battery when I lick your fingers. I was like, what? Why even have that? Is that line a good thing? There? I've like, never enjoyed like, licking a battery. It's just gonna make people confused, and they're gonna yeah. be like, why? Like, it's just a bad line. <laughs> it's yeah. The, the the sex stuff was weird. Well, um, to be fair, it's weird in the comic book too. Oh yeah, no. Definitely. <laughs> it's definitely weird in the comic book. But yeah. I feel like the comic book pulls it off more. Again, more because you don't have to see swaying blue dong. But anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, you see, static blue dog. <laughs> Can't believe you've done this. <laughs> Things that. But yeah, so that that was never, one. Never that was an ending that made me. That was an ending that made me angry. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, definitely would recommend the. Oh yeah, the, the series. The, I've heard the show's really good. Well, the the, the show is a. A takes place in the same universe, right? Yes, it is a spiritual sequel to the graphic novel, it, not not the film. So, um, but yeah, um, uh, Regina King, absolutely amazing. Yaya Abdul, can't say. I, I, th- I think I, I think that's his full name. I want to feel like he's got a hyphenated name. He's the guy who's going to uh, be the lead in the uh, new Candyman. Uh, Yaya Abdul Mateen II. I was we, I was just talking about Candyman with Ryan yesterday, and yeah. I was like, "Wait, is um is Tony Todd coming back for it?" Yes, Tony Todd is uh, is definitely in the film. He's on he's on the credits list. I'm I'm assuming it it may just be voice stuff. Mm. Um, I don't know. If, I again don't know how that one's going to play out. But, Maybe uh, Yaya becomes the new Candyman because uh, we know he, that can happen. Well, he plays the grown up version of the little baby. Oh, that, okay, okay, um, okay, okay, okay. Virginia Madsen's character rescues from the, right. the, the trash pile. Cool. Okay, um, okay. But yeah, anyway, uh, would definitely recommend the Watchmen series. It's honestly, it's probably the best thing I've watched this year. Cool. Yeah. But will Yaya be able to do this? I came for you. I love Maybe. Tony Todd. I love Tony Todd. Maybe. He's so awesome. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Oh, man. See, okay. So my thoughts right now on, on bad endings for movies, TV shows... I'm not going to go into loss because <laughs> I think there was too much of a slope there as far as started off amazing three seasons in and then I think there's seven total seasons, could be wrong, and it, it's a steady decline. Mm-hmm. I, I, part of me, though, even thinks that, man, even with the steady decline, that ending was a do. Like, it was just, it's just such a slap in the face. I mean, might as well have been like, 
double middle fingers, me like, screw you, <laughs> you watched the whole thing. It was, it was like, you get to the end and they're like, we've all been dead the whole time. Like, <laughs> I've heard that uh, Heroes had a similar type of decline, but I've only watched like the first season. Yeah, there's only like Heroes. two seasons. I thought there or was three like, seasons. I thought I there was more. Maybe, I, but I've heard like people are like, watch the first he- season of Heroes, don't watch the second season. <laughs> yeah, don't watch anything else. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen the movie The Mist? Yes. The, no, but it's a similar slap of face. Well, well, they well, it, they changed the ending from the book. From the book, yeah, yeah really. The Stephen King book. And Stephen um, King apparently approved of it. Stephen King's like, I wish I had thought of that ending. Um, and so I'm like, man, I'm glad the book doesn't end this way because this is terrible. Yeah. To me, I like I thought it was too. It was it was too much to the point of almost comedy. Like I watched the first time and I just started laughing. I'm like, is this really like? Re- it's it's. I mean, it's so, done. So it's like so aware of itself that it's about to end, yeah. and so let's make this as terrible as possible. And the worst like, possible ending. Well, like it, it, for those who so, don't know, yeah, I, do you want it, me to describe it real quickly? Yeah, yeah or do you want to do it? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, go for it. Okay, so so basically, the mist is the idea that there's a bunch of monsters or yeah. aliens or whatever mm-hmm. that are in this mist. So if you if you're in the mist, they will attack you. Yeah. So it's like the 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 guy, his son, and two other people are escaping in a car. The car breaks down as the mist overtakes them. And so the dad pulls out a gun and basically mercy kills. He's got only got three bullets. Yeah, he's got three bullets. So he basically mercy kills the other two people and his son. And it's like, okay, I'll let the mist kill me. And then it turns out that the army is killing all the monsters in the mist that come and rescue him. Like right as he's killed his son. Like that happens in like two minutes. It's literally like he he pulls the gun out, kills the three people, is really sad, accepts his death. And then like... He hears like an army car drive by, and he opens the door, and the mist like dissipates, and there's all these army soldiers. And he just, and he like, what did he get down on his knees and say? No, I can't even remember. <laughs> Wouldn't have shot me. He, uh, yeah. Sorry, he he uh, gets on his knees and is like, I really do think that that's what happens, actually. Yeah. But I mean, that to me, it was like it wouldn't be bad if he gotten down on his knees and gone. <sighs> Well, one, the movie really is not all that compelling, and it's not that not good enough for me to mention. <laughs> the CGI looks in, really bad because the, the lighting uh, effects are not good in like the whole realm of like things that disappoint. It didn't disappoint me because I wasn't really invested in the movie. There's, right. there's a slew of movies that just have really bizarre, bad, bad endings that aren't like. Have you ever heard heard of the movie Unthinkable? <laughs> it's one of the mi- mini uh, um, Samuel L. Jackson movies. He's like an interrogator for the, for the United States, like secret service or something i don't know and there's a guy that's a terrorist and he's like i've got you know three like nuclear bombs around the u.s and so he's the whole movie's about how he's going to interrogate him and it's just it's pretty brutal and it's like it's the point of like what extent would you go to get the information out of somebody and he gets to the point where he like kills the guy's wife in front of him and then at the point point he like brings his kids in and he's like like samuel L. jackson is the one that's killing he's like he's the crazy guy well, he's not really crazy. I mean, that's the whole moral dilemma. It's like, okay, is he doing a good thing? Because he's trying to save millions and millions and millions of people because this guy has confirmed that he's got three atomic bombs. Or is he an evil guy because he just killed an innocent woman? I don't know. So that's the whole idea. And you're like, okay, this is mildly interesting just for that fact. And then at the end, like, he gives him the information because he doesn't want his kids to die. And then the bombs still go off and it's the end of the movie. And so it's like, it, like the movie, again, it's not good enough to be like, let's talk about the ending. But right, endings right. like that, like, there, there's been several of those. I will say... Have you guys gotten into the Cloverfield trifecta movies? I 
So I, I watched so the there. first one and I was disappointed by how much I did not like it. Mm. Um, the the now, hand camera one, right? Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. It's so, and then, t but Ten Cloverfield Lane is excellent. You like Ten Cloverfield Lane? Yeah. All right, let's talk about like, like why did why did that ending need to be? Why did it make any sense? Like, I, I mean, that's like the she, one where the John Goodman's kidnapping people. Yeah. Right? Yes, yes, John Goodman and. Um, did that just seem tonally complete? It came out of left field, and it was. It's just bizarre. Like the whole. I mean, so just to, to update, whole movie. John Goodman has not really questionably kidnapped this girl. The whole idea is that he's like, "Hey, you were passed out. Like you had run off the road and crashed. Mm -hmm. I brought you down here into this like bunker because there's a gas outside. That's. Did you say it's killing people or it's making people crazy and they're killing themselves or something? One of the two. And so it's him. Basically, there's danger outside. Right. Don't exactly. Go outside. And then there's one other young guy. Mm -hmm. And so. It's about like the claustrophobia of like the three of them in there, and it's getting kind of like weird, and it's getting tense, and it's like it's like is he telling the truth or is he a creepy serial killer guy? This is kind of scary, but at the same time it could be like a heart. Like you know, you don't really know, and then you kind of find out he's a little crazy because he kills the other guy. And anyways, she breaks out of there, she's fine, there isn't any gas, mm -hmm. and then aliens show up, and at one point there's like a missile launcher that gets shot at the aliens. This isn't like the last. 10 minutes of an entire movie that has taken place underground and like you don't know that there's anything supernatural at all and you get out and like the last few minutes of the movie it's like aliens show up alien spaceship they're shooting there's a missile launcher shot movie ends because it's taking pla takes place in the same universe as Cloverfield uh, say, okay. now is this like a I can't remember where it occurs in the timeline is this prior to the original Cloverfield I think or? I think the idea okay. is that 10 Cloverfield Lane happens if, if, and then like the end of the movie is when Cloverfield starts got it well okay it's not that, quite that simple because then the, then then <laughs> there's then, then there's the paradox or whatever oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that like starts it all off or something uh, it gets complicated. So, so okay. Yeah. So this, I've, I've only seen each of those films. Once in, in my opinion, those movies try a little too hard. But the, I don't know if you guys know much of like the backstory behind like like how they developed developed their story. I don't know if you know much about it. So, yeah, okay. so the whole the whole thing they with threw them, mag uh, they threw darts at a fridge magnet. No, no. So like it's pretty insane and actually took a lot of work. Um, so. In the first movie that came out, if you were really just like an enthusiast, you could find out so much about it. Like, oh, that's right. They did a yeah. bunch of AR stuff. Yes. So basically, like you could search one of the companies that you saw in the background, like one of the one of the, like the oiling companies that you saw in the background. You could search that company online, and they created a real website for it. It looked very real, oh, cool. and you could go in, and they'd be like, "Oh, like like here are pictures of some of our docks out there." And if if, if this is just a stranger coming across it, you'd think this is a real oil tanking, whatever. But you look through some of the pictures, and some of them are classified. And you can click on a few more things, and it's like email this person. If you send this person an email, they'll send you an email back. And you basically, it's insane. Probably like, a bot. so there is a forty-five minute video explaining all of the things that you can do outside of the movie to get more information to the point of where you can ask, you buy a T-shirt, and they'll send you a T-shirt for the smoothie company that, <laughs> that 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 uses like the slime from these aliens to create the smoothies. And did you, they, did you and, do all of this? No, I didn't, but okay. I watched the video. And they'll send you a handwritten little like note as if it's like one of one of the people in this like mining thing that's like trapped in there and they're like, please like send help or whatever. And it's like written on a piece of paper that's been torn. And so you can find out and so through all of those methods, if you then watch Tin Cloverfield Lane, it makes some sense because you're like, Oh, look at that calendar. Oh, look at that car. Oh, that's the guy from the shop that I saw on that one website. If you pulled up like employees that have been missing, you know, but it's too much. Like too if much. you didn't do that, then the movie is, is, is nonsensical as far as it connects <laughs> in itself. You're right. And, and in my opinion, the movie was very compelling and interesting all the way until the end. when you're like, all right, like, 
you can't just at the end be like, oh, so we're in this universe and there's an alien. Like, it, it was so, it just, <laughs> like, the tone went from, like, all right, this is really tense and very serious to, like, there are now aliens and people shooting missile launchers. Two minutes ago, I was in a basement with John Goodman and we were, like, horror scene type stuff. How did, it, and then the movie's over. It wasn't even, like, halfway through the movie they introduced it. It was, like, very end, movie's over. And I was like, gosh, that was so bizarre. And I don't think you can justify it by giving me all these backstory things that connected and make it make sense. Maybe if I had put in the time and done all that stuff individually, I could be like, oh, even though nobody else knew it was going on, it felt cool to know exactly what was going on. And that did, you know, totally make sense. But I don't know. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the ending on that one. I've seen it once. I enjoyed it in the moment. And the, the main thing I remember coming away from that movie was like, wow. John Goodman was awesome. Oh, I've never, he's, he's so good. I've never really he's, seen him do like a evil. role other than like Fred Flintstone and, <laughs> uh, and the dad on Roseanne. Yeah. Like so, he was menacing yeah. in that movie. Yeah, was, and I was like, man, what is if you this want to guy? See him, if you want to see him be menacing in the goofiest way possible, mm-hmm. um, Community. He oh. plays the. You haven't gotten there yet. I think I think he comes in in season three. Okay. But he's the head of the HVAC uh, nice. wing of the community, and so he's like fighting. He fights with the dean because he wants Troy. Because Troy's like a genius at fixing okay. fixing air conditioners. He's okay. like the the goodwill. He's basically a goodwill hunting spoof of of, <laughs> of plumbing and and, and nice. air conditioning repair. Okay. And so John Goodwin comes in and is like standing over, and he's got like a little top knot, and he's menacing the dean, and it's hilarious. Nice. Yeah, no, I really liked him, and I really liked um, Mary Elizabeth Winston. I was gonna say, oh, yeah. I, I remember all the really acting awesome. in that to be Yeah, like, be all pretty, the actors were stellar. very compelling, yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. think that'd still be a good one, like, an enjoyable movie to watch, to be honest. I just didn't like the ending, but I, 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 I think I'm with you on all those points, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed it in the moment, but I didn't, and I didn't hate the ending, so mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's just inter- interesting. You know, <clears throat> jumping back a little bit to The Mist, I, I remember, like, just being like so appalled by the ending <laughs> uh, because it was so tragic. That was written and directed by Frank Darabont. He's the same guy who did Shawshank. Really? Yes. Wrote and directed Shawshank. What, so, what was he thinking? Which I know was one of your favorite movies. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, why would, why would he do... Like, I even use that as an example of being like... I mean, and again, it's it's, yeah. it's it's in the name of Shawshank Redemption. I mean, yeah. the, the redemption story arc of that whole movie is just so satisfying to watch. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just it's just a great movie. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's just funny that well, a guy like that also... would be like, oh, let's also have this guy struggle and fight the whole movie and then mm-hmm. murder innocent people. And <laughs> well, well and, and to be fair, like, this guy has done, let's see... One, two, that that makes three Stephen King adaptations, and he's a writer on The Walking Dead. Because uh, Shawshank is Stephen King, so is The Green Mile and The Mist. Okay. So, hmm. um, so I mean, he, Shawshank he, is a great ending. Though. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's Stephen King. Sometimes he, he gives you the happy ending. Like yeah, like, oh yeah. Like and, and, and I'm not I'm not yeah. totally averse to. Yeah. Um, there's there's one movie that I really love that we'll have to watch sometime. <laughs> mm-hmm. That basically the ending is like. Um, yeah, the bad guy wins. Mm-hmm. And the way they did it, I actually really loved it. Mm-hmm. So it can be done well. It's not what I prefer. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, it honestly wasn't, I was just like so blown away by the way they had set it up. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until later I was like, oh wait, that means that the bad guy won. Damn, that yeah. sucks. Yeah. But I don't like it when movies make me feel like I wasted my time. Yeah. So, so that's, that to me, like the international I think was the most frustrating for that because it was literally like, this whole big thing, and then like the very, very last scene is just like, yeah, literally, literally nothing he did in the entire movie mattered, um, which was their point. But like, don't waste ten dollars and two and a half hours of my life. <laughs> um, yep. So, 
Anyway. You want to do uh, one of one of the movies you? you yeah. You, uh, so, so to... I've never heard of either of these. Okay. Well, I I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend them. <laughs> so two horror movies I've seen within the past year. The first one I watched because Finn Wolfhard was in it. Mm. Uh, he's you know, uh, Mike the on kid, Stranger Things. Yeah, the kid yeah. from Stranger Things. Stronger Thongs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> properly called. <laughs> no. It, uh, is The Turning. Now, that is a modern adaptation of Henry James' The Turn of the Screw, uh, which I have not read, but uh, my best friend back home, Stephanie... Uh, Stephanie wrote her undergrad thesis on gothic literature and the turn of the screw was one of the novels that she uh, used for her thesis. And so she she was like, yeah, it's going to be based on the turn of the screw. This should be really interesting. I really like Finn Wolfhard. He's a great actor. This is going to be cool. So I went to go see it and she, she was going to go see it too. And was, we were going to talk about it. She said as an adaptation, it was pretty fair until you get to the ending. And to be honest... I couldn't tell you what happened at the end or what it was supposed to do. I was just like, it was, I went and caught, caught a matinee. I was like one of like three people in the theater. The other, one of the other ladies that was in the theater, she and I sat through the credits and she's like, what the hell was that? And I'm like, it's me. Like, I was like, I was like there with you up until the end. It got really manic and frantic and things are crazy. And then it abruptly just kind of stopped. And we we're just like, we don't know what happened. This is stupid. So, uh, The Turning, don't recommend it. Which is unfortunate because uh, the acting in the film was actually pretty good. Just, you know, the, the editing choices in the end ended up being stupid. Mm. Uh, the next one is a movie that's actually out in theaters right now. So, I'm saving y'all ten bucks. You're welcome. Uh, don't go see The Empty Man. <laughs> um, the Empty Man... Go see The Fool Man. Yeah. <laughs> that's much better. <laughs> and I kept wanting to call the it... Woman. Call, <laughs> the Fool Woman. The Fool Woman. The Fool Woman. Ashley. That sounds like a... After like, Thanksgiving. Oh, no, 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 no. That sounds like that sounds like one of those stores that sells like plus size uh, right. stuff. Like the fool woman the and like the large woman. gentleman. <laughs> those places where it's like, yeah, I'm six foot seven and I have wide shoulders, and so I literally can only shop at specialty stores. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, the fool woman. The fool woman. Uh, so the empty man. I like horror movies. I'll. I'll watch just about anything, and so I I uh, I am an AMC A list member. So I'm like, well, I've got three movies I can go see. There's not a lot in the theater right now, but <clears throat> this one, the premise sounds kind of interesting. Um, Which is what? Give me the premise. So um, the premise, it, this is kind of like an urban legend type type film. So like Slenderman. Uh, yes, it, it actually it felt a lot like Slenderman, which. I mean, Slender Man wasn't great, but I think it was better than The Empty Man, <laughs> um, just to be perfectly honest. And so when I'm, I'm looking at this, like the only names I recognize on this cast list are uh, Stephen Root, who's in a bunch of like uh, genre work, and uh, Joel Courtney. He was the lead kid in Super 8, uh, which was awesome. Fun fact, Bev Burrell used to babysit him when he was little. <laughs> um, wow. The more you know. Anyway, that's our pastor's wife. Rev for Kevin Bev. Yeah, for, uh, for context. But anyway... Um, so, the premise of The Empty Man, it, it, here's, the, here's the summary on IMDb. On the trail of a missing girl, an ex-cop comes across a secretive group attempting to summon a terrifying supernatural entity. Hmm. So, this is basically uh, kind of an urban legend type story where these, these high school kids, they want to summon the Empty Man. Kind of in, in a similar way that you would summon the, slen the Slender Man. The, um, but the, the, the people who are trying to summon the Empty Man are part of a cult. I called the ending like... The movie still had like maybe 45 minutes left. I was like, okay, I think I know how this is going to end. And um, by the time you get there, basically this ex-cop, you find out that he actually was brought into being by the, these cult members. And he is the new vessel. He's the empty man. So 
Um, and some of the imagery in the film was was interesting, but I'm just like, man, you could have cut like the the first like 30, 45 minutes of the movie was supposed to kind of set up the idea of of the empty man, but it like the the characters that initially set up the the story have nothing to do with anyone else in the movie. There's no connection. There's nothing. And so I'm like, if you maybe cut that part, which, I mean, I thought actually was interesting, but, like, it, it ultimately didn't really have any bearing on the rest of the film. If you have cut that part, this could have been a shorter movie and it would have been much, much better. But it's still, it's just, it was just so mediocre and predictable. I was like, meh. At least with the Slender Man, you had, like, a visual cue for uh, Kolchak the Night Stalker, which made me very, very happy as a genre <laughs> TV fan, or retro genre TV fan. But um, other than that, like, it's just like, meh. If you want to watch, like, some goofy, tropey, urban legend-type horror movie, go watch The Slender Man, <laughs> and you'll, you'll at least laugh at it. <laughs> the Empty Man was just kind of sad and long and boring so i've got uh two more movies one i'm going to just mention briefly because i actually don't dislike it mm -hmm. i actually think it's kind of hilarious mm -hmm. um, but i know people who are like that was a stupid ending monty python and the holy grail yes i was um, really confused the first where, time i watched yeah, it I was but like, now i love yeah, it <laughs> yeah because uh, the first time you're like okay what the heck they just get arrested and uh and th that's the end and you're like what <laughs> and it was because they ran out of money and they're like crap they had planned to have a whole ending where they were actually like assaulting the castle they they had planned it out and they ran out of money and they're like what do we do uh, let's just have him get arrested. And so, literally, so knowing that, I kind of love it. And they're just like, oh, what? Uh, uh. And they just like do up their hands, like, we're done. It, movie's over. We yeah. can't, we just ran out of money. We can't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, and the rest of the movie, like, it, it is so abrupt the first time you see it, you're like, did I miss, did, did I, did I miss something? But I, I, I actually find it funny. But I know people who are like, oh, such a dumb ending. But my least favorite James Bond movie, not my least favorite James Bond, mm -hmm. although he's the worst James, he's arguably the worst James Bond because he's the only one who ever did one. Uh, George Lazenby on Her Majesty's Secret Service. That's the one with Diana Rigg. Yes, and it's terrible because in the movie, you know, first of all, like the actual plot is dumb, and the there's this weird ski jump, there's this weird ski chase, and this really bothered me when I was when I was younger watching this. They're, they go on this ski chase, right? And they're dodging through the ski slopes. And the guys are chasing him. And there's like a snow pile plowing one of the sides. And one of the bad guys like basically gets wood chopper style thrown into it. And it like paints the, the snow red with blood. Except it's orange. It's like clearly orange paint. And you're like, do you, do you know what color blood is? Like it's not even, it's not even close. Like I, 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 I was so confused. Uh, um, maybe it's just because the color was faded from the original film. But I don't know. Uh, but it, it ends with James Bond getting married, and they're driving along, and he pulls over, he gets a flat, so he pulls over to the side of the road to change his flat, and as he's, it, it, like, on this mountain road, and he's on the mountainside, like, behind the car, changing the tire, and a car drives by and shoots up his car, and he shoots back at them, and they drive off, and he's like, well, that was close, and he looks, and his wife got shot in the head, and that's the end of the movie, and I'm like, yep. That was so dumb. You spent the whole time of him like not being a womanizer and setting this up. And I understand. I had an argument with someone that's almost like, it was the best one because they changed the status quo. And I was like, but they wasted my time. Like, you, you can't you can't go and develop. You can't spend a movie trying to develop James Bond's character by having him actually like develop a relationship with Diana Rigg, which was probably the best part of the movie. Right. Was their relationship developing and him being like, ooh, I can stop being a ladies' man and just actually, you know, I, you know, want to settle spend my time. Yeah, settle bit, down yeah. a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, no, we need James Bond back. Pew! I was like, don't waste my time, movie. The right. plot of the movie wasn't actually that good. So, like, it wasn't as it wasn't ridiculous enough for me to enjoy the movie as a James Bond movie. And it wasn't like, 
Now, I'll, I mean, I think my least favorite James Bond is Roger Moore because most of his movies are like uh, not Roger Moore, uh, Timothy Dalton. Even though I love Timothy Dalton, because uh, most of his Bond movies are like revenge flicks, mm-hmm. and I don't like those. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this isn't a spy movie. Right. This isn't a goofy spy movie. I want a goofy spy movie. That's what I like in James Bond, which is one of the reasons I'm not a huge fan of Daniel Craig. Because I'm like, I'm getting my actiony spy stuff other elsewhere, but I'm not getting my goofy spy stuff, my my cheesy campy spy stuff anymore. So that's what I want out of my James Bond. So I'm not getting that. I can't really fault them because I think they're fine. They're fine movies, but mm-hmm. I'm like, it's not James Bond. Um, so I'm really hoping with the new James Bond, with the female, the black female James Bond, that she is going to bring back the campy, ridiculous. I want to see that. I want her to be hitting on all the dudes, to have like guys swooning at her feet. Lashana <laughs> like, Lynch, she's yes, awesome. I want her to just be like super suave. I want her to wake up in bed with a dead. Paint, gold painted Chris Hemsworth next to her and be like, damn, and just move on with her day. <laughs> like, that's what I want out of my James Bond. So, I want that to happen. A, a movie that's really absurd and not super great, but actually I think does that kind of thing really well is Lucy uh, with um, Scarlett Johansson. So with that one, it, what I thought was hilarious about it, because the premise is dumb, uh, yeah. but like it's... <laughs> She's 100% of her brain. She's 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember things. that. I remember that. But, but what I thought was hilarious about that movie was that she does all the things that James Bond does. <laughs> and, and, and basically, like, makes out with this dude and then, like, he gets tossed aside or killed <laughs> in some absurd way. And I'm just like, she is taking every single stupid action spy movie <laughs> trope yeah. and just. Gender, gender flipping it, it. I love it. and um and th- I was like, you know what, this movie is dumb, but I really like that about yeah, it because yeah. I have said for a long time, if James Bond were a woman, you would call him a whore. Yeah, and yeah, and and absolutely. but you but because he's a dude, you think he's a badass, and so I'm like, if it, listen, you could be a whore and a badass. He, oh, not, he's totally a man whore. Like, like I'm oh, not mincing a, words. He's totally no, a man whore. But, but, so, but there's, further, I would say James Bond's a slut. Yeah, like like it, it is, but. But it's a, um, I mean, it was it was a very clear, like, gender bias. Like, oh yeah, there. yeah, like yeah. And so I'm like, have this, have this, apply the same standard. Yeah. Have you ever seen? I, I think you would love this. I was telling Greg about this. Uh, it was either it was like a it was a pretty major like college humor mm-hmm. or uh, funnier or die or something. And they did like gender swap bar scenes no. where where girls were coming in and being like. <laughs> yeah, I totally banged this dude last night, bro. And uh, and the guy walks by and she like slaps his ass and he, mm-hmm. he goes ah and slaps her in the face. It's and, and it's like <laughs> so absurd. You're like, yes, this is this is highlighting how horrible this yeah. is. And it's like it's so good. Why is I this love accepted so as normal exactly. yeah. like, when this is actually very terrible? Exactly. It's so so funny. I'll have yeah. to find it for you yeah. uh, after this and show you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, mm-hmm. hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it. Mm-hmm. Just bad, terrible, bad. I wouldn't say I don't think it's the worst James Bond movie ever, because um, there are some stinkers. Mm-hmm. But it's way down there. I think um, I don't. It's either a View to a Kill or a License to Kill, and you can see how I might get those mixed up. Uh, li- <laughs> license to Kill is the James. A View to a Kill is Duran Duran song. Yeah, that's right. No, no, no. no they're, they're both of them. Oh. Both of them are James Bond movies. Oh, excuse me. Pardon one me. is Roger Moore. One is Timothy Dalton. I think it's the Got Timothy it. Dalton one. A License to Kill. Basically, what his friend dies. And so he goes on a revenge thing, and they like microwave a guy, and his face pops, and it's gross, and then it's it's just bad, and it it's just a bad movie. Don't they do that in Kick Ass? 
Yeah. Uh, yes. Kick-Ass. Uh, Nicholas Cage was so good in Kick-Ass. I liked the first Kick-Ass. I, I thought like, it was a, a I, good. I liked movie. the well, first. Well, that's also Kick-Ass based too. on a comic book as yes, well. Yes, it and is. that's the also se- Zack Snyder. Second one was terrible. The first one was. Just, I, I yeah, was I enjoyed. Good. I enjoyed the first one, but really, I just enjoyed it because of Nicholas Cage. Mm-hmm. I thought he was. He and Hit Girl were so good in that movie. <laughs> It um, is ass kicked and red mist. Yeah. I do like that idea that like he's not a superpower; he just can't feel pain, yeah. which is interesting, an interesting concept. But yeah, <laughs> but he, him and him and his daughter were so good in that movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do take a little issue with you know the idea of a young child being really sweary and violent. Yeah, um, it is a little like, uncomfortable at times because people are like, oh, it's hilarious when a kid says swear words. I'm like, yeah, but then the, you have a kid, you're teaching a kid to say swear, swear words. words. Yeah, but yeah, what? Uh, so yeah, Honor Majesty Secret Service, garbage. If you, if you do want, uh, you said you you just want your silly spy movie. I would I think you would enjoy the Spy Who Dumped Me if you haven't already seen it. That's uh, Kate McKinnon and Mila Kunis. Have um, you seen The Man Who Knew Too Little? Oh, that is one of the greatest movies of all time. I, I have not seen it. We're gonna have to watch that. It's, okay. it's Bill Murray. Right. And it's like one of the best. It is. Is have a key turn the light on. It's one of the most fantastic spy spoof movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Hilarious from start mm-hmm. to finish. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I can quote, like I, me and my buddies like that I grew up with, like quote that movie more than probably any movie in existence. That's very impressive. Constant. That yeah. was like your an love explosion. Of Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> I know. It, it, you it, told it, me it, nothing about American Superman. <laughs> it's like he's like, he's like, oh, what's? Oh my god. Did you flush know. the girl? <laughs> no, I think she's still in the bathroom. She went to the loo she by herself. Loo by Suicide. Suicide. <laughs> Maybe he tried to flush her and he floated back up. <laughs> it's. It's brilliant, it's, and and it, I, I, it's one of those comedies where you know, some comedies after you've seen it like a bunch of times, the jokes are just like, hey, yeah, that's a good joke. I'm I'm always rolling on the floor. <laughs> with, he's just sitting with the cop in the car, and he's like, he's like, well, he's like, he's like, the, they pay for your license he, to kill. Yeah, he's like, he's like, you're you're something certified, licensed to kill. He's like, there's a downside yeah, though. He looks at him, he goes, what's that? Torture. torture. He's like, <laughs> well, he, he looks at him. He's like, well, there's the women though. And he's like, oh, they're yeah. nice after the torture. <laughs> <laughs> just like, it's so, it's so, so brilliant. So brilliant. Yeah, we'll have to. Uh, we'll we need to like make a list of. Movies we have mentioned on the podcast where one of us said, "Oh, we haven't seen. It. Oh, we should watch that." Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, uh, and, Demolition and, and, and Man. Man, <laughs> too little. Yeah, we'll, we'll compile this. Yeah. We also need to do a James Bond episode or a Sean Connery episode in yeah. honor of uh, Sean Connery. Yeah, yeah, because I, um, yeah, I have not actually seen that many Sean Connery. Movies. I just watched yeah. Finding Forrester. If you need to watch one, start with that one. So I think Excellent we need to watch. I think we need to watch way. like The Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, the Last Crusade. Last Crusade. League of Extraordinary. League of Extraordinary. I was about to say. I, that's I like think we need to watch Zardok. It's I. I, Do you guys know about Zardok? I have heard of Zardok, but I have not watched it. He's wearing this. Oh yeah, red I've seen leotard. A, no, wearing... red, red like speedo yeah. with like crossed red suspenders. Yeah, he looks like it's in a a wrestling porn movie. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, yeah, uh, when when he passed, one of my friends posted like, "Everybody remembers you for." All of these other movies, but you will always be Zardoc. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah, picture, yeah. I was like, "What fresh hell is that?" <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, so, but but I honestly think some of his James Bond movies are are some of my favorite. Uh, Goldfinger, mm-hmm. honestly, You Only Live Twice is such a good movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of it's it's a really good spy movie. Like it's a good James Bond movie, and it's a really good spy movie. So mm-hmm. that one, You Only Live Twice, is really good. Um, From Russia with Love is really good. Like Doctor No is solid. And it's the first one, so mm-hmm. it's it's like, mm-hmm. it's not as it doesn't get it's not as absurd as some of the other ones are, mm-hmm. but then it gets more absurd. You've got the, the little guy with the hat. You got Oddball. You got Jaws. Who, like progresses. Uh, of course, I think we can all agree 
that the most absurd name for a James Bond film. Can you guess it? Do you know it? Oh my Octopussy. god. Octopussy. Yeah. Like, yeah. really? Damn, the 80s were wild and unfettered time. <laughs> that's why I love them. And, and it's not, but it's not like, that's not just like the name of the thing and it's not like, oh, that's like the, the main villain. Execute right? Operation Octopussy. Like, no, the name of the villain, like, she named herself Octopussy. <laughs> Like, yeah. why? See, that, that's one of the ones I've not seen. And, it's it's okay. Uh, yeah. It's it's as it's as silly as you think it would be. Yeah, it, that sounds that sounds like it. That's it sounds it's, like the James Bond equivalent of Barbarella. Yeah, pretty um, much, pretty much. Pretty which much. have y'all seen Barbarella? <laughs> don't no. re- don't recommend it. <laughs> I just remember when when Cartoon but, Network was coming out with Stripperella. Uh, that's like different. That. Yeah, yeah. I, I know it is, is but J- I thought it was like, supposed to be like a a, a joke. It's also on that. yeah, maybe I don't know. But uh, but yeah, um, Barbarella. Uh, that's a, that's another very strange movie. But also where the the band Duran Duran got their name. Was it, time. Wasn't uh, wasn't Barbarella? Oh, I'm thinking of Barbarella of Seville. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Greg, your turn. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think that was it. Do you think it's it for you? Yeah. You got you got any more Ash? Uh, I have the big one. Okay. So if you've so got anything else you um, want to say, you might want to say uh, it now. <laughs> so so okay. So here's the thing. Like for TV shows. I, most of the TV shows um, that I watch to completion have at least adequate endings. Because mm-hmm. most of the ones that end up having terrible endings, I usually get... Usually it's like a downhill slide. And I've, I've usually stopped watching and then I hear about the ending like, oh, I'm glad I... Like Dexter. I'm like, oh, I'm glad I watched stopping that show, stopped watching that show after mm-hmm. the Trinity Killer season, which was the best. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to come up with other television shows that I thought had, had you know, wretched endings. And I, I know there's some movies. I'm trying to think of a... I, 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 I can actually think of some other media that had endings that I, I thought were, were garbage. Um, so Bleach, which was a manga and an anime, mm-hmm. was amazing. And just really, really good. And uh, got to this ending arc. And there's this guy who's been the villain the entire time. And you know he's the villain. Mm-hmm. Even though nobody else knows the villain. Because he has... Like, his special ability is he can basically manipulate people's memories. Mm-hmm. So he's... He's basically decided Soul Society is corrupt, so he's trying to kill the king of Soul Society, which is the, the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's trying to kill the king of Soul Society, so he has this whole big scheme where he's manipulating people's memories so you don't know who's on his side, who's not on his side. Um, and it's really, really good. And then you have the final showdown between him and the main character, Ichigo, and it's crazy good, and it's really intense, and it's awesome, and it ends, and Ichigo loses his powers and goes back to Earth. And you're like, oh, it's a little bit of a bummer he lost his powers, but man, that was a really awesome ending. And then the guy who wrote it, Tite Kubo, was like, looked in his wallet and was like, oh shoot, I need more money. And so he's like, and here's some people who have never been heard before, like from a different faction. And boom, Ichigo's got his power back. Oh, and now he's back at Soul Society because these crazy guys called the Quincy are like invading heaven. And mm-hmm. and uh, this guy who literally, I think, named himself Yahweh, or Yawak, but mm-hmm. let's be honest, he yeah. named himself Yahweh, is like taking over and kills the Soul King and, and does what Aizen was trying to do for, you know, seven seasons and actually does it. And and then, but here's the worst part: Ichigo he breaks Ichigo's sword, his his unpacto. They're like these special swords they have mm-hmm. that are like bonded to them, and they have special forms based on your, like they, mm-hmm. each sword has a special ability that like you bond with the sword, mm-hmm. and his gets broken. And so he goes to the guy who makes them, and he gets new ones. And then those get broken. Like he, they spend this whole arc of him like learning about himself and making these new unpacto. And then he goes and fights, and it literally is meaningless. And he just, like, I don't even remember. I read it, and I don't remember how he wins, because he doesn't win by actually using his impact. Basically, the bad guy's like, fine. Like, mm-hmm. take my ball, go home, or, or something. Mm-hmm. Or, like, the power of friendship. It's bad. 
it was a really bad ending for what had been an excellent series and had ended it and they just like tacked on an extra mm-hmm. extra arc and was like why would you do that yeah <laughs> i was so 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 angry <laughs> so so i i have been meaning to watch bleach for a while it's uh, really but, good it's really uh, yeah good. i've heard it's really good but i'm intimidated by the sheer number of episodes true and and you saying all of that now i'm just like hmm. it's still worth watching is it still worth the, watching the, okay. the um there's, there's a really okay so the anime has a really bad filler arc called the bount arc okay and uh, so maybe look up. You can actually look up. It'll show you the arcs. Skip the bounce arc. It's, it. It, it, it doesn't mean anything. And it's really obnoxious because the guy, the the head bounce guy, is he? People they're asking him questions they're like, "Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this?" And it, it, obviously, this is Japanese in English, he says, "No comento." And they're like, asking him, like, "Also, no comento." And you're like, "What is this conversation? It's so bad." Uh, but I really recommend it. It's got hilarious characters and it's just got some really good combat, really good arcs. Quake Window arc is probably one of the best arcs in all of uh, anime manga. Like, don't at me. It's so good. Another one that was weird was one called Soul Eater. Yes. Which is really good. Yes. Same, same, same kind of thing there. Cause I, I've heard very good things about it. Yeah. One of my friends it's really, really loves good. to, uh, cosplay Krona. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, so it's really, really good. Things, but... but the thing is, the anime, so the anime culminates at this one big arc called Baba Yaga's Castle. They basically mm-hmm. go to this bad guy's castle. It's a huge Baba arc. Yaga. Yeah, it's this huge arc. It's Don Wick. It's just starts shooting everyone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird. It's just like this guy comes out of nowhere, just like bam, 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 just like capping people, and you're like, oh snap. Um, no, he goes. They go to Baba Yaga's castle, and this is like a major arc. And then the anime, like they beat the bad guy, and it ends. Mm-hmm. In the manga, that's where like major things happen. And Crone is a character who was, like, kind of a bad guy, but kind of not of a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And she has, like, major things happen to her in that arc. Major things happen to the main characters in that mm-hmm. arc. And it goes on from there. And it culminates in kind of a spoiler, but not really, because they kind of allude to it at the very, very beginning. Um, they basically go fight the final bad guy on the moon. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, the very, very, very end of the manga. But the anime just ends right when the manga, like, turns the burners up to 11 and is, like, full throttle to the end. Mm-hmm. So it's really weird to me that they must have gotten canceled. Because they just made the decision to kind of just like, okay, and it's over. Where the manga just keeps going. So I definitely recommend... I do recommend watching the anime because it's really good. But I definitely recommend reading the manga because it it goes about twice as long. And it's way, way cool. Um, I'm trying to think about about games that had terrible endings. Games? Games. And I'm actually thinking about... This is going to sound weird. There's a board game that um, Tim Mascara and I played. Mm -hmm. And it was this really... It was called like Kingdom, Kingdom Death. Okay. Or something like that. It was basically like it's really hard game, like a cooperative game, and it's all you know, like you you wake up in this cave and you're like building, trying to build a society in this cave, and bad things are happening all the time, and, and so you're like fighting these bosses, trying to gather not stuff to fight harder bosses and collect stuff. It, it's a really hard game where you're almost guaranteed to die and go insane and things like that. We're like working through it and finally getting to the point where we can actually like reliably beat some of the harder bosses in the game and there is kind of a story progression. And it culminates in you fighting this thing, I think it was like the Golden Fume Knight or something like that. And this thing is just like super nasty and it, we know it's the last boss. And so just out of curiosity, because it was like, we, were, we had fight, fought the second to last boss and we were like, just out of curiosity, because usually when you, when you fight a boss, if you lose, a bad thing will happen, and if you win, a good thing will happen, and to continue the story. And so we were like, I wonder what happens if you lose to the Golden Fume Knight. And so we looked at the, the flavor test, and it's like, yeah, everybody in the village dies like you lose the game. We're like, oh, what happens if you win? And it's like, you finally defeat the Fume Knight, and then it like spews poison gas everywhere, and everyone dies, and the game's over. And I'm like, what? 
So you lose if you lose, and you lose if you win. Why would I bother fighting this guy? Yeah. That's gonna take hours for us to be, and we get nothing out of it but ending the game. Yeah. And I looked it up online. I was like, why is like, and apparently everyone was like, yeah, the expansion. They had an expansion uh, pack that had like a different final boss. And apparently it was written by his wife. And they're like, yeah, he should have just let his wife write the things. Because his <laughs> wife is a much better writer than he is. It actually had, like, a good ending where it was like, wow. if you beat the final boss, humanity, like, transcends and becomes, like, dragon people. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. Then the Fiend Knight boss is just bad. Like, there's no reason to play it. Because you get nothing. So, so we were like, okay, well, we're done playing this game. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> right. All right. So you All right, Ashley, hit us with it. Hit, it, hit us with the big one. All right. D Guys, did you notice how much taller I just got? <laughs> you know why? Because I just got on my soapbox! <laughs> Get ready, people. And say, so you really need a rim shot on God there. Speak, yeah, that's right. That's, yeah, what speak, I, that's what I have to say to David and Dan. All yeah, right. Here's what you have to say to David and Dan. I'm blaming this whole thing on you. Yep. Because <laughs> I am. And it's, 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 it's due. So, Game of Thrones so many things so full disclosure i'm a book fan i've read all the books several times brienne of tarth is my favorite character in all of fiction so i'm very emotionally invested in, not just in her but in the, the characters of the story i think they're fascinating characters i think the casting in the show is damn near perfect everything was great until the last season. Did and that seems to be the general consensus. Well, like, season yeah. seven was ramping up to something great, and then season eight was just like... Yeah. Well, and, and there's there's a few, again, things that happened that had nothing to do with anything on camera. Mm -hmm. Or one, David and Dan got offered a Star Wars trilogy. Uh, and just to be clear, David and Dan are... Uh, D.B. Weiss and blanking on the guy's name. D.A. Weiss? <laughs> <laughs> DC wife. No, <laughs> they have an older sister. No. I, named Diane Annabelle. David, ben, David Benioff. David Benioff. Uh, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. They got offered a Star Wars trilogy. HBO offered them to do several more seasons of Game of Thrones to flesh out this story, end it well, and they said no. Uh, we want to, you know, they were tired of working on the show. They're like, we want to go do something different. And so... Which in some ways is totally understandable. I, I understand, but if, you know, Game of Thrones came out at the right time. Like, that was when streaming was starting to get really big. It was before HBO had their own individual streaming service. But, you know, it it, it amped up into the, the, the era of streaming. It was good quality television. Uh, even after they ran out of book source material of production value, I mean, the, it, it really ultimately changed how TV was done because the production values were so high. It really changed the game and amped up that for, like, other TV shows as well. You get to this last season, and, I mean, David and Dan have clearly thrown in the towel, and everything that I've read about them, like, on set is all about how they were very unprofessional. Um, and how they made a lot of the women on set feel very uncomfortable. And you have things like Jason Momoa standing up for uh, girl played Daenerys, blanking on her name. Emily, why am I blanking her name? Anyway. Emily White, Emily Blonde, <laughs> Emily Smith. Emily Daenerys. Oh my gosh, girl who played Daenerys. Emily Khaleesi. It's, I don't know, I don't, it's, it's not, probably not. It's Blunt, isn't it? No, it's not no, Blunt. It's not Emily no, Blunt. No, 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 no. Uh, 
All I know is... You're half hillbilly. No, no, she's not. Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark. Oh, I'm she so working close. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Amelia Clark. Like, you know, she had to do all these nude scenes, like, right. in the first first couple of seasons. Didn't and... Jason Momoa, like, come out with a sock on his tongue to start laughing? I don't know. I don't and know. They, they, had, they had, like, wait to take the, do the take. But, she was laughing so hard. Well, it, it, well and, it, and he actually did a good job of making her feel yeah, very, yeah. very safe and right, very comfortable. Right. Whereas David and Dan are all like being skeevy, yeah. uh, which I'm like, that's not okay. And 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 it was similar things. Other women who were like extras or uh, had you know bit parts on the show said you know it, when they were put in compromising situations. So just there's so many things that just <clears throat> just makes me angry. Yeah, you just like um, it's time to stop. And and so season eight, my buddies are having a watch party. We we show up at their house every week. There's a bunch of us. And we're having a good time. We're like, Winterfell, okay, it's the first episode. So it's like, all right, it's set up, but I mean, we, we've only got six episodes to work with. How much setup do you really need? Let's go, let's move on. Night of the Seven Kingdoms, arguably best episode of the entire series. And now so that's that, episode two? That is episode two. Uh, that's where we have the Knighting of Brienne. Now, that was uh, direct. Is that why it's the best episode of No, no, like, no. I mean, besides... Be the, honest. Besides the fact that that's awesome. Well, it's like one of the only things that made narrative sense within, right. the, within the last season. Uh, but that one was written by Brian Cogman, who was the kind of the um, series... He wrote the series Bible for the, ser- uh, for, for the show. Uh, really big uh, Martin scholar, knows his stuff, and is directed by David Nutter. Um, those, those two guys... Were really really good um lord of the rings fans be very happy brian cockman is your series guy for uh, the lord of the rings series that amazon is doing so it's going to be good uh, just because he really cares about source material now seven kingdoms was great uh the long night was fun to watch even if you know yeah i'm cool with Arya killing the night king but you need to explain to me how she's azora high because one of the biggest problems with the last season was like all of these prophecies that they had built up across the entire series, like who's Asura High, who's who's the prince that was promised, or who's the princess that was promised. They they amped them up like, oh, it's John, or oh, it's Daenerys, or oh, it's somebody else. But, that wasn't uh, but ah. uh, oh no, we just decided, oh, we're gonna have Arya kill the Night King, and that's, I mean, that's fine. But you need to explain to me how she's Azora High because she's fantasy Punisher. Uh, yeah, kind of. No, they, you know. Again, prophecy completely disregarded. You know, so everything that built up to that, all the things with the White Walkers, uh, like leaving cryptic symbols in the snow with, you know, all these dismembered people and things like that. If you think about it, you got more character development for Ramsay Snow than you did the Night King. And the Night King's supposed to be the big bad of the whole series. So that's a problem. And also he went down with one stab. Yeah. Well, and, and, and yeah, they've established that Valyrian steel can can kill these guys, and so he he gets stabbed with the cat's paw dagger, which is Valyrian steel. Right, so, right, right. I mean, but still, it's it's. I was okay with it, but you're going to need to explain to me how Arya's Azor high, and that that bothers me. Then you have episode four, the last of the Starks, which I'm sorry, like yay, Jamie and Brienne get together. No, he's not going to leave her. Like literally, they wrote. If you look at the script. For the end of season seven, where Jamie rides away, it literally says Jamie rides away never to return. It literally says that. I'm not joking. You can go look at the script. It's what it says. He's not going to go back to Cersei. No, it doesn't make any narrative sense at all. And like, if you even like look at book source material, like 
Jamie and oh, Cersei have been estranged for he's like two and a half books. That's been one of the really interesting... To me, in the books, that was one of the really interesting character yes. developments. I was like, oh, I actually kind of like yes. Jaime. Jamie. Jamie, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, Jaime. I know, I know. I like Jaime now. Yeah. Like, I still hate Cersei, even though they, like, before they were, like, showing doing all the Cersei chapters. Cersei, like, I feel a little like, bit bad, but I still, like, hate her no, so much. No, but no, no. But Jamie, like, they he did a really good job showing Jamie, and, like, okay, yeah, he has kind of come to terms with how terrible Cersei is and is trying to move away from that. Well, and... and- so I, what I think is very compelling uh, about Jamie, Jamie is such an interesting character because he is a victim of emotional and sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. But like the textbook narcissist, if you want to know what a narcissist is like, Cersei. Cersei Lannister's textbook narcissist. Mm-hmm. Their relationship is so interesting because the more he's away from her, and then there's like this whole... There's so many things I could talk about with Jamie. He is such a fascinating character, and George does a really good job of building in all of these little things that are subtle background details. Things like when they were born, Cersei came out first, but Jamie was like grasping. Sort of a Jacob gra- Esau. Yes, it's Jacob Esau thing. And so when Jamie, he's grasping her her heel with his right hand, and so when Jamie loses his right hand, that severs his tie from Cersei, and that begins his character yeah. uh, change. So you, you don't do Jamie that way. Jamie is going to be the best redemption, one of the best redemption arcs in all of literature. Whenever George finally finishes the book, let us pray. One more protective circle around this man. <laughs> um, apparently, the only good thing about like quarantine is that it's actually made him sit still and write the damn book um so the race is like 2005 6 uh, the, good lord I it mean, was supposed to come out in 2008 well i see uh, dance with dragons came out in 2011 so i i yeah but that was behind skids yeah i know i know and i'm like we're, we're coming on the night you know, coming up on the 10 year mark george let's go and he's like, yeah, I think we're going to do eight books. You are not doing eight books. Like, no. you're not. You're going to die. Yeah. Like, you're just straight up going to die. So, so, um, so yeah. If I ever, like, I probably watched the run of Game of Thrones, I mean, probably 30 times. Oh, I, like, a lot of hours. It is a lot of hours. I work from home. And so, like, I would just put it on in the background and um, watch it again and again and again. Uh, just because I found the character so compelling and uh, there was so much I loved about it. I haven't watched it again since <laughs> since the last season aired. Like, I watched... I've, I've watched the last season twice. And I told uh, my friends, because this is how I made a lot of online friends was through the Game of Thrones fandom. And so I'm talking with my online buddies and they're like, you know what? If there was... We get to episode five and, and Jamie's dead. And I'm so pissed. Like, I'm, I'm so angry I can't even cry. Because I know this makes no narrative sense whatsoever. And so I told him, it's like, if there was if there was more than one episode left, I would just say, fuck it. And not watch the rest of it. But there's only one episode left. I might as well see how it ends. And the ending was so stupid and lackluster and boring AF. Like, the again, the only thing, one of the only things that make narrative sense about the ending is Sansa becoming Queen of the North. It's like, if you look at it within the show, yeah, maybe. Books, probably not going to happen. Mm. That's, like, the only thing, like, I wasn't, like, unhappy with. Everything else, like, Bri- they made Bri in the butts in Kingsguard. So angry. Knocking over the microphone again. I'm sorry. <laughs> the whole point of, of Brienne and Jamie is that they are an inverted Beauty and the Beast arc. George has said that explicitly. Because um, what what happens when you have a beautiful man and he falls in love with an ugly woman, ugly beastly woman, and and then, but at the same time they both see each other as beastly because Brienne can't stand Jamie and she's not swayed by his super handsome face because she thinks he's not honorable. And then as they grow together, there's a certain point where the, 
their character arcs run so like they're inverted and parallel and they're at the point in the books where they have met and if you like make those characters walk apart both of their story arcs collapse and even though Yabrian lives and makes it to the end she she's still like like her character arc is not what it's supposed to be i think they are like she is she's like the one like pov character from the books, like she she has her own chapters. Where you know, if you've not read the books, uh, George writes each chapter from uh, the the point of view of one character. So uh, the chapter names are John or Jamie or Brienne or whatever. But she's the only POV character in the books that got routinely ignored in the show. Again, I think there's there's a lot of reasons for that, um, but I think one of the main ones is nobody knows what to do with a woman who has power in her own right and bucks stereotype. Also, you have, like, this idea that, I don't know, like, for me, one of the reasons I love Brienne is because I, I identify with her character. Because I've, I've felt like the, the ugly girl that nobody pays attention to or nobody cares about because she's not good at girl stuff or, or she's ostracized for these things. Uh, but yet she has this deeply romantic heart and she, she loves deeply and nobody knows what to do with that because ugly girls can't have a happy ending. Why would you do that? So anyway, just so many things that were just wrong. And, and uh, you know, I, I harp on like the whole Brienne and Jamie arc because that's the most important to me. But there's so many other things like the prophecies don't matter. The whole point of the Starks being reunited for them to, um, you know, suddenly not be together anymore. Uh, that doesn't matter. Um, there's no point for the Watch to even exist because they're, the Free Folk are, you know, they've made peace with the Free Folk. But, no, they're going to go back beyond the Wall because that's a good idea, right? I mean... There's nothing there anymore. They, nothing... Killed the, they killed the Night King. Yes, there's nothing there. Like, and and so, like, the whole point of, like, the Night's Watch even existing at the end of the TV show is have to a convenient place to put John so he's not dead. <laughs> I was like, well, this is stupid. So, anyway... I have never sworn so much in public as I did when we were watching the finale of Game of Thrones season eight, where I literally yelled in my friend's living room, fuck this noise, <laughs> and w felt like throwing things at their TV. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, and all of us like had completely different ideas of how the show would end, and none of us got what we wanted. <laughs> it was so bad. <clears throat> so anyway, Greg, I know you have watched... Game of Thrones, mm -hmm. um, and, but you've not read the books. Yeah. But you are a film guy, so yeah. do you have thoughts on the ending? Yeah, no, I definitely do. I, I Like you said, I definitely am not as emotionally invested and, <laughs> and, and have not read the books. Um, but from a film and like character perspective, you could I feel like you could see the deterioration prior to the last season, but yeah. but definitely within the last season. I think the, the biggest biggest point for me that I kept bringing up was was um, uh, Tyrion Lannister, actually. Yeah. Just because I thought he was such an interesting character the whole time. He's a dwarf, obviously, mm -hmm. but his main thing that he brings is he's he's a genius. I mean, like, like, mm -hmm. every, like he, he's constantly solving problems. He's constantly brought in by all these powerful people who are like, okay, this is a dwarf because he can advise them well, and he's really a genius. In the last season, he's effectively useless as a yeah. character because he loses that, and that's that's literally all he has. <laughs> like he's not like he is a dwarf. He like like mm -hmm. he can't really fight. Like he's just he's kind of like morally. I mean, okay, he's actually one of the better moral characters to be honest. Even though he's kind of all over the place as far as right. it pertains to women and things like that. But he gets better. Yeah, he same, does. Same with Jamie. He yeah, he, he he definitely grows. But then when he loses his like his ability to advise people and to be smart and to give them 
or, or or when Daenerys just doesn't listen to him, like I think isn't that what he does at the very end, where he's like, "Don't do this," and yeah. she burns the whole. Yeah, I I just found his character, who was my favorite for the whole entire, you know, series, to just be utterly useless. I'm like every scene he entered, I'm like, "You're just gonna you're either gonna get ignored or give us some bad advice." And I'm like I don't know why they've done this to you as a character. And of everybody here, as far as like from a entering into like television standpoint, he's he's one of the most unique characters certainly because he's. He's put into a world where he's probably even less valued than, you know, a... What's the proper way to call little people? Uh, a, 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 midget. A, 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 a midget is not the right word. Perfectly challenged. Uh, no, little per- or a small person or a little person. Okay, little person. Yeah. No, so, small S-M-O-L. He, he's, he's introduced into a, to a, to a period of time where a little person would be even more devalued, and he's made to be such an amazing character. That's, that's like when you're making film or TV shows, like, that's a really, really good accomplishment, and that can set your show apart from other things, to where you can be like, wow, I'm watching to see what this guy does next, he's incredible. And it's like, once once they took that away, amongst a slew of, I mean, again, this is this is a really big last season to unpack. I don't want to correct unpack. you, but it's slew, not slew. Are you, are you sure? I'm 100% sure. Slew? Slew. Slew, yeah. Hmm. A slew I've of said slew yeah. for a long time. You Anyways. said it twice, that's the only reason I corrected you, because okay. the first time I thought it, you just, you just said slew by accident. <laughs> um, slew. But yeah, I think if I just had to pick one, his his character, like assassination, if you will, uh, really, and then his like moment at the end, which is supposed to be wisdom, where he's like, "No, we should get Bran the Broken." I was like, "Screw that!" that Bran doesn't sucks. Ma- oh, Bran I didn't even talk about is that. useless. Like he's literally not in the show. Like for he, you, he he's not even Bran anymore. He's not. He's he's the he's the, the memory. I was yeah. gonna say the three fingered crow, but all crows have but, three. Yeah, just just to try, try to contain the, like the the disaster that was that last uh, season into maybe a couple of points. It would yeah, it would be mainly be Tyrion Lannister's character arc for me. Yeah, no, and I I agree. I again. Thing we haven't gotten to yet in the book is we don't know exactly what Bran can do. Um, right, because he's just now he's, he's just got to the point where he's getting trained. Right, right, and so so the fact that they like made him like emotionless Robo Brain. <laughs> um, so he's bad. basically like Professor X without any emotions. Um, Beep boop magic. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, there's so many fantastic memes on Tumblr about Robo Brain. Like, oh, hello, sister, I'm robot now. Beep boop bop. Beep boop. Yeah, like. Uh, Again, who, who, like, we did a, uh, my friend group that we watched, we had our watch parties together, we did a um, fantasy draft for Game of Thrones, and my friend Haley put Bran on the Iron Throne uh, just as a joke. And beat us all because you got ten thousand <laughs> points at the end because nobody thought that would happen. Um, <laughs> Meme to win, baby. <laughs> she's all like, "Well, that sucked, but I win." <laughs> like, dang it, Haley. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I agree. Like it, again, I, no no character on there got what they deserved. Um, <laughs> Because they all deserve to die. <laughs> They're yeah. all terrible people. No. Yeah. Most of them. Well, and I think that, that the interesting thing about Game of Thrones is you put people, like, just gray people, because I think everybody is gray. You, you put people in these impossible situations and tell them to choose. And and no choice they make is going to be without consequence. Mm. And I think that I think that's what makes the show, the, or the, that story, so fascinating. Um, because even, like, the most honorable upright characters still are, are thrust into situations where they have to make <coughs> great choices like um yeah like ned stark um who obviously keeps this big secret from even his wife 
like and and suffers immensely for it like gets her ire for for Jon Snow who's not even his kid mm. so yeah it's 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 rough um, it's bad. Yeah, and then you know, in the book, you have Brienne. Uh, she's one of the things they omitted from the TV show, which I, um, George, and other people have said. Man, I wish they hadn't left out Lady Stoneheart mm-hmm. um, because that that that's Brienne's Aries moment, um, where she's forced to make the same choice that Jamie did when mm-hmm. he chose to kill Aries, and uh, she's she's like, I either have to kill Jamie, who's who's not the man he was. He's a noble man now. And he has honor because she understands why he made that choice. She's like, either have to do that or I'm going to die. And she's willing to die until they threaten to kill Pod and he's innocent. And she, you know. So anyway, if we ever get book six, that better be the first thing that ends in that book. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Been hanging on for years, George. Come on. But so, anyway, yeah. Game of Thrones. Yeah, I. You deserve so much better. I, I know there are other endings that have been like really divisive, but I can't think of any right now off the top of my head. I, I tried. I, I thought mm-hmm. for a long time about about ones, but yeah. But so I, I think this is generally the feeling. How can you do this? This is outrageous. It's unfair. Yeah. <laughs> what was he? This is outrageous. It's unfair. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that sums it up. Yep. <laughs> sums it up. It's really <laughs> yep. yep. So, yeah, so let us know what other things you thought had uh, terrible endings. Again, I, I'm racking my brain trying to think of shows I've watched or or, uh, or movies I've watched where I just hated the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, covered, I think we covered most of them. Because, again, usually if a, usually when it has a bad ending, you're like, well, the rest of the movie was also garbage. So like, I tried to mention a few of those, too, just to kind of get them out of the way. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so let us know. Uh, what you think had a terrible ending, an ending that made you, you know, just rage. Mm-hmm. That you're just like, that was the stupidest thing I've ever seen and I want to throw something through a window. Uh, preferably somebody, preferably <laughs> the person who wrote that. Um, <laughs> so you can reach us, dearlydebated at gmail.com or send us a tweet at dearlydebated. Uh, Ashley, where can people find you? Uh, a few different places. You can uh, go to my blog, nerdyblogging.wordpress.com. You can follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash thenerdyblogger. You can follow me on Twitter at thenerdyblogger. And you can read my work in two places. Uh, one on popcultureretrorama.com, where I write about slightly old things. Uh, you can also read my work on fangirlish.com. Got a few different things going on right there. My uh, regular weekly column, hashtag WaybackWednesday, where I talk about one retro movie a week. And right now, I am covering Star Trek Dis- Discovery and The Mandalorian. Um, so, which has been both have been excellent. Both have been. Speaking of which, I gotta watch that. Yeah. I say I haven't I, watched today's I have episode, to watch, and I have to watch this week's uh, Discovery as well. Ah, ah, but yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's where you can you can find me. I uh, can be found on Facebook uh, at Chapter One Films. You can email me Greg at Chapter One Films Biz. You can also check out my website chapteronefilms.biz or if you're feeling kind of adventurous me and Nathaniel have a cooking show which is The the Kitchen Chemist uh, on YouTube you can email us uh, a couple different places but also just get in contact with me and Nathaniel and we'll point you in the right direction Heck yeah awesome. and you can find me at Holy Golem what were you going to say? oh I was going to say you can also join our Dearly Debated Facebook group ah uh, yes we have a Facebook group oh, Facebook group facebook.com yeah. slash group slash Dearly Debated come uh, debate us there but when you lose we will say. We got him, R2. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Until next time. Goodbye.
You didn't say how you can find us. I said I'm at Holy Golem. At Holy Golem. I'm sorry. Goodbye. I, I interrupted you. Okay. Bye. 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 Good day. This is a bad ending too. <laughs> sorry, y'all. It's good. It's good. Girl, I must warn you. I sense something strange in my mind. Yo, situation is. Let's cure it cause we're running out of time mm-hmm. It's all so beautiful Relationships they seem from the start yeah. mm-hmm. It's all so A $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.